0: XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opian Anthony channel. The Ron and Fez show starts right now.
1: Okay,
2: let's get down to it, boppers.
1: It's the a face Show shy, on a Thursday. Used to be thirsty Thursdays, but, uh, Ficks, you're completely into Lent now?
3: I am a sober man. Mm. I've been sober for two weeks now, or just coming up on two weeks. How are you liking it? Everything seems to take a long time
1: to get by. And- yeah, that's a problem. That's one of the things I forgot to warn you about, is like, <laughs> When you're not drinking, waiting uh, takes forever. It's already been two weeks since Ash Wednesday. No, it was like three days ago. Yeah,
2: what are you talking so about? That's one of your problems. What the
1: fuck? That's one of your problems. Um, you know, uh, it's a very strange day. Of course, uh, Owen I talked about the Andrew Breitbart uh, yeah. news uh, of him passing away suddenly at age 43. Uh, I have. That's bizarre. I saw a guy uh collapse in the lobby on the way in here today. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm in a movie uh and to bring that up, Fez is at the hospital right now. I got up this morning, and he had left me a thing from three hours before that said, "Are you awake?" <laughs> and when I see something like that, I'm like, "I know we have a system of call me, wake me up, or go to the hospital, so he's having some chest pains. He's over there now, but I, you know, and and he, they already checked him in. They're running the test on him. Uh, that's the last I heard. The bad thing is that it's always tough to reach him there, yeah. Because you get in the center of these hospitals and uh, you can't use your cell phone.
3: Yeah, nothing, nothing's going to be working there except the equipment.
1: What do they do? They have like lead-based
3: um, walls. How do they do that? Uh, well a lot of times they just make you turn your shit off but even if your shit was on it wouldn't be working because of all like the radiation gear and just all the, the massive amount of electronics they have you know, that that just was, condensed in a small place
1: well we'll get you an update on him uh, as soon as we uh, as soon as we have it but I know that he got there okay and once they hook him up to stuff I mean, there couldn't be a better place that you could be.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the machines are...
1: Now, the weird thing is, he said to me, I'm going to go to this one hospital. And I'm like, thinking, well, you used to go to the other hospital when you say anything. Because i let him, you know, always go where he feels most comfortable. Huh. But I'm like, I know that the other hospital we heard from Steve Blatter is better. Yeah. And Steve was like, no... Don't go to that hospital, go to this hospital. He's back going to the one that Steve told him not to. Oh, Jesus. Then I remember his dad died at the other hospital, so he's oh, oh, done with that. He will not... He, uh, here's the thing, even as a gambler, he believes in streaks, in trends, <laughs> and he's blowing off the place that I definitely know has better cardiac care. Now, here's the other weird thing about Fez, though. I can honestly tell you, in the last five years, this week has been his least stress-free. I mean, he's just been
3: completely a different guy since his announcement. He's coming in the morning, seemingly, in actuality, feeling good. Right.
1: <laughs> and then, like, I talk to him at night sometimes, like, we're regular people. Like, Jesus. I'm not discussing his you know worries or problems or anything like he's like uh oh here's a little piece of gossip for you you know what i mean just like you know a regular fez guy so i don't know why you know i don't know how much the stress plays into it and all but i'm glad that you know uh he went over there
3: at least nothing happened in the three-hour span and he's there it just
1: drives me nuts that he goes well i know you had a lot of interviews today like who cares that's the last thing that we worry about. Fuck it and suck it. Um, House of Lies is on TV now. Part of the big Sunday night showtime uh, stuff. And uh, Don Cheadle is here to talk about that. I know the show just got picked up again, right?
3: Yeah, for second season.
1: Um, fantastic. Because I love my Sunday night shows.
3: Best night of television. It is, isn't it? Without a doubt. You get Eastbound. You got all the Showtime shows. You got Shameless. It's awesome.
1: Uh, Let's bring in Mr. Don Cheadle. Don Cheeto in studio with us now, the Sunday Night Showtime Bad Boys list. That's it. Uh, and you're now anchoring uh, House of Lies. I heard it already got
4: picked up for a, another season. Yeah, we got picked up for our second season. They announced it a couple weeks ago. We we're very fortunate and happy about that.
1: Well, it's such a uh, really cool show. Now, the, f- the pilot was almost shocking. The pilot was <laughs> like, I don't know if I can stay with this guy. But, because it's so... Uh, hardcore. Yeah. I mean, there is basically, you finally, I think as the show uh, goes along, you see. What is good in him? I think the way he treats his son is phenomenal.
4: Yeah, me. I mean you know that there's a heart beating under right. all that uh, calloused over you know, yeah, scar right. tissue, um, but yeah, he's in a business where you know their whole job is to try and be invaluable and stay around as however they can. It's very much about the hustle, yeah. And it's really just
1: you know high technology carny work, really, when you think about it. Pretty much, you know. Uh, but the thing about it is too is like you look at it. why doesn't he change he's really good at it yeah. he's really good at his
4: job yeah and that's the other thing and 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 he's got sort of this bifurcated existence where in, in in his job he's very good and can control it and knows everything and can pull every trick and at home he has no control and can't do anything right and he's at the you know <laughs> he's being batted around by a, a 10 year old kid you know? well but what i love
1: about it is he doesn't force anything on the kid that's the thing i love when it really comes down to parenthood and when it happens to people it's always frightening but all you can really do is kind of put that person's wants and needs above yours
4: yeah Support them and try to, you know, see what they are. And, you know, and I, and I, I like somebody was talking about the word education and how we have it such, such a backwards sort of a concept of what it is. And, you know, the real root of that word is to adduce and that's to pull out of, not stuff into. That's interesting. And that's kind of what it really should be is uh, who are you? And let me try to help support who you are as opposed to trying to make you in my image. You know?
1: Well, the, the great thing too about little kids is that they are so less fucked up than adults, yeah. and then we go, "Oh Jesus, let me help you, let me help you get <laughs> fucked up, yeah, yeah right, <laughs> let me really i'm gonna i'm gonna say this is for defensive, but really it's just going to make it a tighter and tighter box,
4: yeah,
1: and the weird thing is he doesn't do that with the kid yeah. i mean he he keeps the kid wide open
4: yeah i think and it's it's also a tribute to his his father who's you know glenn turman plays in the show and i think if he wasn't there sort of as a ballast i mean it, I, I i i wonder what would be happening right. But he's there as a counsel, saying look leave him alone let him do what he has to do and i think marty has no idea there's one episode where you know the kid comes to him and he says dad what do you do if you like a boy and a girl yeah, and he looks at his dad, and he looks at his son. and He says, "I, I, I don't know. You know it's <laughs> right. like, I don't know. I don't know what they'll tell you about that." So he's, you know, he's trying. He's trying. Yeah, the acting
1: on the show is great, and there's always uh, a complete amount of tension. I mean, there's never a time where he gets to just. Chill for a little while.
4: Yeah, no, it's it's kind of high energy, and I like the fact that it's a half hour and it's sort of just rapid fire and it doesn't stop from beginning to end. And at the end of it, you know, one of the biggest comments that we keep getting is, "That's it," you know, that's, right? It, you're, that's it. Only a half hour, and it's like I'd rather leave people wanting more than going, "Okay, I'm over it." Let's
1: well, the go. funny thing is, in that half hour, there's always a new location. There's about eight new characters. Yep. There's uh, a completely new business. And it's, uh, and of course then there's personal lives, girlfriends, uh, the ex-wife, but everything does get done that quickly.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we get it in, but mm. it is a whirlwind. It does happen, happen very fast. It's like a blitzkrieg on business. How much
1: time a year do you spend? on the show now
4: we filmed that show in three months actually wow. I mean, we're on a ti- we're on probably a tighter schedule than is you know recommended you know we shoot those episodes there's five days per episode and, mm-hmm. and it should be six or seven but um you know it's tight we have to move fast we have to move quick nobody can get sick nobody can go down right you know, everybody <laughs> has to stay healthy for three months but you know we got it in so we're, we're happy about that this leaves you nine
1: months a year to do films if
4: you find the right film that you want to do or just work on my handicap and golf and- and get my game down, so... No.
1: Really, can you do that though, or do you really think which is the next big
4: no i, I mean look i 'm also producing uh, mm-hmm. shows right now. Uh, I have a couple of things that are going right now and and my company 's very active, so that 's nice uh, and writing itself is is you know time consumptive obviously, but it 's good because I can kind of handle it a little more. My kids are seventeen and fourteen my daughter 's driving now, so it's i don 't have to shuttle all the time right. and and that 's a good thing and a bad thing, you know, but uh, I have a little more time to myself than i did before you've always picked so many cool projects Uh, i'm everybody in uh radio loves the pd green Story. I oh, think that's one of my favorites. Uh,
1: one of my favorites too. And I worked in, I did radio in Washington, and he's still yeah. to this day a legend there. Yeah. And people go, here's what you know. You just hear stories from people who worked in sales with him or whatever, and they're just phenomenal. I mean, it was years before that kind of radio took oh, place. Oh, it's
4: unbelievable. I mean, I remember one of the earliest things, and uh, you know, they have it in this documentary that they've done about him, which is great, as you know, Howard Stern doing his show in blackface. Mm-hmm. Now you couldn't do that right today, I mean you would be you couldn't get away with it. the things that he was getting away with in the sixties and the seventies right. you just couldn't do it right now, so it's amazing that he was such a pioneer, and the 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 doors that he broke open Robin Gibbons was on his show or not Robin Gibbons i mean uh howard's guy or howard's chick robert robin quivers is that quivers, last yeah name? yeah uh that sh- they they were doing their thing early and and he says i got it all from pete green yeah he was so and you know the thing that
1: people think of uh dc as you know just you know the federal stuff but it's such a urban city on yeah. the side of that you know so there's so much street life there and to bring a street guy onto the radio had never happened
4: before. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge gamble and it paid off huge. And like I said, he, he pioneered Doing things that people are still doing and can 't do yet then and it's great that you know you have a touchstone for that because I said you guys check out this this uh, documentary on him, and it 's amazing the things that you see him saying and doing you can 't believe it well you've
1: done that so much with your career too of like picking these cool projects. I remember like everybody gets on whatever person's career bandwagon at what point, but I remember so much with a uh, devil in a blue dress mm-hmm. and just gone who's this dude what <laughs> the fuck is going on right now because that role just exploded on the screen
4: yeah that was another role of a lifetime i was very very glad to get that one and that was you know such an interesting story because carl franklin who directed that i had done his afi project his uh-huh. uh, you know sort of thesis project when he graduated from uh, afi in la and I couldn't get the role I couldn't get an audition because he had in his head that I was still that 19 year old kid that right. he had seen and um, everybody I knew in the city had gone in for that role and my agent was saying oh you got to go in you got to go in I said I, I know the dude he won't see me and I was at a doctor's office and he walked in and the, the waiting room was filled to capacity and as soon as he walked in the receptions came out and she said this room is too crowded you two go in that room over there Ooh. and pointed at Carl and I and we had a conversation the next thing you knew, I came and auditioned and I got the Part.
1: It was amazing, man, to be menacing and funny at the same time. Only a few people have ever really pulled that off.
4: Well, you know, look, the role was sort of, it, it was it was tailor-made for that. I mean, he comes in, he rescues the guy in the third act. I mean, it was, I, 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 I was really fortunate to get that and made, you know, good relationships from then, and my career did kind of take off after that. It was
1: phenomenal. Uh, and from what I understand, we're still thinking about the Miles movie, right? Oh, never not thinking about it. Uh, which... You know, to live in this country and know what Miles Davis has meant to music and to even have this a struggle to get made is phenomenal to me.
4: Well, you know, it's the 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 movie business has seriously changed in the last several years. I mean, the world changed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we went through this economic crash that touched every aspect of any, you know, uh financial entity that's on the on the face of the planet. And you know, movies were already leaning toward being a lot more corporate. And you know, there's just a piece of a portfolio. And uh so it's harder and harder for the studios to try and make films that don 't hit the broadest audience right. that's conceivable that 's why you see seven sequels and green screen and these tent pole summer movies that they 're going to spend all their money on, and these smaller movies kind of go by the wayside and a lot of that that uh you know uh, the venture capitalist money and and these hedge funds that were you know paying for all these smaller movies have kind of dried up, and people are kind of you know circling the the, the wagons so it 's hard to it 's a hustle to get these things made now. You know, conversely when you do get the made and everybody's there and it's it's a great experience because everyone really feels like they're in the bunker and making this thing together and we're gonna get the movie off. I'm I'm confident that it's gonna happen.
1: Now everything is ready to go as soon as somebody signs off on of it. You've got everything ready.
4: And and look, we have a couple of offers now. We're just playing that dance of trying to get the the script, the budget that mm-hmm. we have to to fit the movie that we still want to make, you know, because we can't make it for just anything. We do have a number that we need to hit. Uh, but, it, look, when it's rare to get a real offer, so we're trying to make it work. So we're going to fit it, in. hopefully we'll be doing it in 2013. Is it an arc of a lifetime script? No, or? it's not a biopic, it's not a cradle-to-grave kind of a movie. Yeah. It's really, uh it takes place over three days of his life uh, at the period of time where he wasn't actually making music
1: yeah, there was like what six years or yeah, five so years, five, five years five years
4: he was quiet yeah, yeah. and it takes place during that period
1: uh but this is the guy who basically changed music in america five time. yeah yeah. easily you know <laughs> yeah. every time they turn around a new album came out and there's so many people that after the fact kind of looked at his career you know people in pop like you know david bowie or something yeah. would look and go i don't have to be the same guy
4: every right. time i come out yeah reinvent yourself every time he was and that's really what's interesting about the take we're taking on the film too is that you know he was an artist you right know? people would say jazz musician and he would immediately you know shut him down and go i don't i'm not a jazz musician i play i, I play social music Right. I'm, an, I'm an artist and he really was the canvas that he painted on yeah you know? he re, he changed himself five or six times and people would say it was a sellout but that's kind of not being a sellout you know staying in your sort of sweet spot and trying to completely uh, uh you know ring that out for all it's worth that's that's kind of where most artists are they never leave their comfort zone as soon as he felt comfortable he was on to the next yeah thing. he was done with it done with it and,
1: like, even when you say an artist, even his visual
4: arts, have you ever looked
1: yeah, at? his paintings. St- phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And even the way he dressed and carried himself and the way he talked about things. All of it. Anytime that you can read or listen to an interview with him, you're like, what the hell level was he on?
4: Man? Yeah, he's really thinking in different ways, and you, you hear it in his music. You know, you listen to Bitches Brew or any of those albums, that, you know, circling round, where he's just got musicians and they're searching. I mean who right. shows you the search? Right. People figure it out and then show you the polished, you know, product. He was like, No, I'm gonna take you into the process. I'm gonna show you how we stab around and kinda we don't know and oh we find a three minutes of brilliance and then it falls apart again. Right. And then oh there's another sixty seconds that works and, and then this next two minutes is kinda shit as was trying to figure it out. Who does, nobody does that. He's like, I'm gonna show you how we work. You're
1: right. It never happens on stage. Like sometimes
4: you'll see stuff like where stand up
1: comedians have done that on stage. Like Richard Pryor would do stuff where he would lose the audience, have this great thing, then lose the audience. But if you go back and watch that, It's like so much more daring than watching somebody's polished forty-five minutes. Absolutely. So when you get people, and here's the other thing too about Miles, is like I don't think there's any other music that goes directly to the subconscious. Like I'll put that on when I need a some kind of a mood change and i'm not even sure it's like acupuncture like yeah, i don't know yeah. what happened but exactly. i kind of feel like i'm gonna all right i'm gonna yeah. do something different now yeah
4: because i think you're you're it's an experiential thing that happens you are right. you are in the forest with them going okay i'm lost so I, they're like yeah we we're lost too i don't know where I am yeah. either." let's just keep walking until we find a, a, a clearing oh there we are you know and that's what it is so that's the thing about your career
1: is that you don't know when some of these things i mean you've done you know, Hotel Rwanda, which is just like... Unlike most films that you're ever going to get the chance to see. Yeah. And was that another one was tough to get the money for that? or?
4: Well, it was funny. I met uh, Terry George, who directed that. Uh, we met in L.A., and he'd been trying to get the movie made for several years. And he said, Don, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I'm going to get this movie made however I need to get it made. And they're telling me if I can get Will Smith or if I can get Cuba Gooding Jr., they're going to make the movie. And I'm letting you know, if I can get one of those guys tomorrow and they say they're going to do it, I'm going to make it with them. I'm going to try to make it with you, but if one of those guys puts their hand up in there and says they want to do it, I'm going to do it with them. And I said, Terry, I, you absolutely have to do it with one of them if they say they'll do it because this story is incredible and it's something that I think the world needs to, to know. So I'll produce, I'll be behind, you want me to call Will? I'll know him. You know, I'll (laughs) see if I can get him to look at it. And I really meant that because sometimes it's bigger. The piece is bigger than, you know, you. And luckily it came my way and we were able to do it. But yeah, the first day on the set when we were in South Africa, I got a call from my agent and he said, look, there's no money in escrow for this movie. I said, what do you mean there's no money? He goes, there's no money. So if you want to come home, you can come home, but you're right now down there working as a, you're working for free. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fly back 33,000 miles after Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm going to stay here, and we're going to gut it out. And our producer, Alex Ho, started writing personal checks to keep the movie afloat until all the money started coming in. But that's how it is on those smaller movies. It's a grind, and they always turn out to be something that you're really proud of and protective of like the guard you know yeah similar situation really hustle to try to get that movie together and i I love that movie and i'm really proud of that film but and those are the ones that you really are in it for you know the studio ones will come i'm in the iron man that's fine i did right. the, the oceans those are great those help that's an annuity you know i, I can put my kids through school but the ones that are really special and the ones that you keep near to your heart are those small ones that it was such a hustle to get made. And those
1: are the ones that stick with people after they see them because right. there's a lot of the kind of roller coaster movies. You go to them and you forget them by the time you're out to the car. They're already yeah. gone.
4: Yeah. And you that's know? fine. It's cotton candy and yeah. it's for entertainment and you go there and have this big cathartic moment with the crowd. go, Oh, ooh, yeah. that was fine. And then you walk out. I, I don't hate on those movies. I think they have their place and they're great. It's just unfortunate that the other ones that we're talking about those mm-hmm. really special ones that really you know do stay with you and the ones that you really have discussions and debates and arguments crashes of right you know that's arguing all over the country about what that movie was and what it meant people hated that movie and people yeah. loved that movie and that's when it's great you know you want to be able to have that discourse when you walk it yeah
1: out of that movie even a couple of times when I'm watching it I turned on it I would turn yeah. back and forth yeah but again that's because you know and it, it really goes back to miles is do you want the audience involved at all and as an audience member do you want to be involved with the art do you yeah. want to to just leave from just staring at something and care about it at
4: all yeah and i think look life has gotten you know exponentially harder for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and i think it makes sense that on a friday night people don't necessarily want to go and spend what is it now to go see a movie 15 bucks i mean if you want to get anything at the concession stand add another 30 dollars yeah you have to park and if you have a babysitter you have to leave at home now it's 120 dollars to go see a movie you know Mm -hmm. do i want to go to the movie and then work some people are like, no, I don't want to go to the movie and work. I want to go to the movie and turn my brain off and just see some pretty pictures and watch the actors walk around and look pretty and say funny shit to each other. And then I want to walk out and go, oh, I didn't think about my life for, for, right. you know, two and a half hours. That was great. And I'm all good with that. I think movies primary job is to entertain. So if that's what you find entertaining, I'm all good with that. Some people though want to go and they're like, okay, I want to put my other thing and I want to think about Rwanda. I want to right. think about the, the vicissitudes of racism and how that affects us. I want to think about these bigger ideas. And that's really where those smaller kind of important interesting movies come in, where you can be nuanced, where you can, you know, play with it a little bit.
1: And then the weird thing is, too, if you watch that film, and you're like, okay, it's about Rwanda. I know nothing about that. I got nothing. And in no time at all, you're like, well, that's not so different from my life. That's not so different in the way that I handle things. Yeah, this is a
4: guy who's basically trying to protect his family. And he doesn't want the hero. He's not trying to be. You know, and when you talk to Paul, it was great, because Paul was down there while we were filming the movie and really that's what you kinda got from him is like look I was just trying to live I was just yeah. trying to to not get killed and and it's became a bigger thing it happened to me it was thrust upon me I wasn't out there you know raising my hand and going I'll protect everybody he went I just didn't know how to not kick people out you know I just had yeah. to keep people around me
1: um the show of course is uh, 10 o'clock on Showtime it's amazing too I guess because it's on Showtime you're not taking the heat from the kind of groups that worry about TV, right? You guys are yeah. just sailing along and doing this show that <laughs> would be... If you turn
4: on Showtime, you got to expect
1: everything yeah. you see on our show. Yeah, because if this was on NBC, I think people would be be just losing
4: it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure certain people are upset about it. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not trying to play nice with anybody, and yeah. everybody gets skewered. So it's that kind of a show, uh, but it's funny. And I think, as you said, there's a, there is a heartbeat. You can actually see that you know these people are actually human beings, and they're just they're, this is their hustle. This happens yeah. to be their hustle, and you know their hustle happens to be something that you know we're more more fish on on a shark. You know,
1: and like any really great show, you turn it on because you like to start. You like Don Cheadle, but now after this point, we're getting to know the rest of the folks, and there's great timing that just moves around between all these guys. Oh, we have the cast so much terrific. fun.
4: Yeah, we have a lot of fun, and we we improv a lot and a lot of that stuff finds its way into the show and everybody has a really you know good background everybody's from theater so mm-hmm. we're used to that live environment and it's just it's a lot of fun it is uh showtime
1: 10 o'clock uh you can go to show.com slash house thanks so much man it was Thank great you. to have you in here glad to be here and we'll see you next time through Cheadle, and we just uh, kept right on talking about Miles. That was a very nice movie. He'll play a little Miles on the way out. That's
3: right for Mr. Cheadle. He loves the man.
1: Um, all right, it's the Run and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866 run Zero, 0 fez John, you're on the Run and Fez show. John, Hello. we got you, buddy. Hello. Go ahead.
5: Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I'm waiting to hear from Fezzi. Where's he at?
1: Uh, Fezzi is over in the hospital today.
5: Oh, man, that's no good. All right. The reason why. John, John, John. All right, because the real reason why I'm calling around, long time listener, I got to say. But, uh, you know, I. I've always wanted to ask Ron out, uh, Fez out on a date, always, and, uh, you know, I think he's hot, man, I I really do.
1: Yeah, he's, He's, that's what he's known for. Uh, Well, as soon as he uh, comes out of all this, uh, I'll let him know about you, John. Boy, this is, you know, I'm starting to feel like that dad that the boys are starting to hang around, you know, like, who's this guy? What's his intentions? So, what do you do? He's four years
6: older than you. I don't care if he has a license.
1: Uh, I don't. I think Fez are going to go in the opposite direction. (laughs) He. uh, mm, uh, uh, I did hear during that Fez uh, text, and uh, they went through a couple of things, and now they're going to do that thing where they take some pictures inside. Oh, shit. Run the catheter up there, Uh. which he's had. it goes in through the leg. He's had it done, what, what four or five times now?
3: I, I am. One time it was just for nothing.
1: Yeah, one time was for nothing, which I hope this time is for nothing, yeah. too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Gunner, you're on the Runa Fez show.
5: Hey, guy, Ronnie. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, another tremendous interview. Um, great job. And I just wanted to, that's one of the main reasons I listen every day. Just I, to say I
1: appreciate thanks. it. Uh the Miles movie I really want to see get done. People have no idea just how uh, brilliant Miles uh, Davis is. Just and Cheeto is perfect to play him. Perfect to play him. I mean, like physically perfect to play him. And I know like he's been like playing trumpet for a couple of years. Just, just to get it yeah, down. just to be ready for this whole thing. Shit. Uh Andrew, you're on the Run of Fez show.
7: Hey, Ron, I just want to say, that, you know, I heard two different um, interviews about uh, Don Cheadle, man. That's a great interview you just did, man. I appreciate that. Oh,
1: thank you very much. I appreciate it, too. Um, he's a really, really interesting guy. Uh, Duke, you're on the Ron Fez show.
5: Good story. Uncle Ron, uh, back in 2001, I was in Florida at uh, Islands of Adventure. It had just opened up, and uh, it's a huge hotel at, uh, Orlando. And I ran into Don Cheadle eating breakfast, and we were pretty much the only ones in the hotel, and I saw him the whole week. There was nobody down there. It was just before September 11th. It was quite weird. Coolest guy ever. You
1: don't think there's a tie-in between that and September 11th? That's not what you're saying here, are you? Nah.
5: Nah.
1: Um, one of the things, you know, I was saying about Fez having to go through this again when he was at, at his... I'm going to go seven years I haven't seen him this stress-free as he's been. And he said the only thing that's been bothering him a little bit is, like, Zitz still is picking at him and after he said he wasn't. So I guess you said something to him yesterday?
6: Uh, like, off the air or on the air? I, I don't know. I, uh, I On the
1: air. I guess you gave him, like, a little, little shot, and he I, gave you a shot back? Yeah. And he said that's when, he's saying here, that's when he felt something tinge. Oh, on.
6: What? Seriously, he's bl- he's blaming this on me.
3: No, you're not, now you're pissed at him. The yeah, guy that's fucking I, in the I hospital. I don't think. But fuck you, Zito! Jesus Christ! I don't think this is my fault. Of course you don't, you prick. Now you're mad at him for yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Now I'm mad, Zito.
6: What the fuck? How can we blame this on me? How can this possibly be my fault? Brian's got the fucking text. It's All right. Obviously, I feel terrible. Problem the guy who's in the hospital, the guy with the fucking heart problem. I feel terrible, but I don't think it's... You don't feel terrible. Well, because I don't think it's my fault. Of course,
3: motherfucker. You think it is his fault? I'm just saying, if the guy who's sick think- thinks there's a reason as to what that is, and it's Zito, then I'm going to fucking take the guy who's sick side.
6: Words don't cause heart problems. Um, stress does.
3: It does, stress does.
6: What the fuck?
1: Stress causes it. And you did say that, well, you know what, we should just... Uh, move on from here. I don't want to get caught up in it. Maybe his doctor will say it's something else besides the constant little nipping and shoves that he gets from you. Um,
5: try to go easier. Yeah. Let's
1: go over here to Shane. Crazy. Shane, you're on Run Fez.
5: Hey, Runnabe, I got two questions for you, man. Uh, Chito mentioned two albums of his. Bitches Brew and one of the other. Do you
1: remember? Um, let me try to think. I don't know whether we had it. Did he, was it around about midnight, or what? Which one was it? It was
3: Bitches Brew, and oh, I'm looking up the sky. So
1: what are you saying? That you're interested in in Miles Davis?
3: Yeah, I love his music. i just not. Uh, he's got so much,
5: so much work. I just don't know where to start. As far as you know,
1: have you have I've you heard listened heard. to Kind of Blue? Uh,
5: no, sir, I haven't.
1: That's a good spot. Of course, Birthday Cool or Sketches of, of Spain. Um, I'm trying to think. The Jack Johnson. Is pretty cool.
5: Also another question, Ron.
3: Yeah.
5: Um was Cheadle like the waiter in the movie Roadside Profits
3: with John Doe from X? Uh I don't know. On the Corner was the other album. He, oh uh, on the corner? Yeah, on the corner was the other album you mentioned. Um
5: Okay.
1: So I don't know about the other film. Thanks, That's man. Great. Appreciate you. Peace. Um it is the of Fe show. Let's go over here to uh, Ryan. Ryan, Coney Island, you're on my fez.
5: Hey, Ryan, what's up, buddy? Uh, So I hear Fez is in the hospital, man, and I'm, you know, really bummed out about it. He was doing so great about coming out, and it literally brought me to tears, you know, after hearing that. And now that I hear that he's in the hospital, is there any way that I could, you know, show my supports and flowers? No, uh, I don't know, a teddy gram, something. No,
1: I think uh, you know what? They, you know, this is one of those things that maybe he'll be out as soon as they're done the test. He just, if something comes up like this, and I've discussed it with him a lot of times, go get the test done, and uh, he gets the catheter put in him. They'll take a look around, and if they, if everything's okay, that'll be it. If not, maybe they'll he'll get a little stent. I don't know.
3: We'll we'll see. But it's basically just waiting on that, just to see what the doctor's gonna say. They're right. ones
1: in control. But uh by the time you got you know, flowers there, hopefully they're out. You know, hopefully it will already be done. Yeah. Uh, Anthony you're on my first. Anthony, once, twice.
5: Ronnie B. Ronnie B, sorry yeah. about that. I uh, I got a kind of a two part question. Um Don Cheadle, uh, where where do you rank him uh, in a sense of like a guy like a Will Smith or a Leonardo DiCaprio, where you're watching a movie and you're almost pulled out of the movie because because of such how big a star they are. And going along with that, you know, how does that affect you when you watch a movie? Do you do you does it put you any bias against a movie like that?
1: First of all, I, I no, I think if somebody's a good actor. You end up falling into it. I mean, when you walk in there, you're going to see them as the actor. But then if the movie's working, um, you know, you just fall for this deal. Right. Um, but like I said, he's not really, you know, one of those bigger than life guys. Have you ever seen Devil in a Blue Dress? Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. That movie.
1: film, of course, belonged to Denzel. That was Denzel's film. Right. And yet it really was one of those things where it was like a stealing role. That right. after you came out of there. And I remember I didn't even know his name. And I'm like, I don't know who that fucking mouse is. <laughs> but, you, you know, and the fact that, you know, is that a flathead type character? Like the guy that you're like, what are you doing here? But then he'll be the only guy that's going to be there for you no, yeah, when the shit you. really hits the fan. That's the beauty of friendship. Like, you never know who the fuck are like, those real... show up. Yeah, right. There are some guys you're like... You know, I know everybody doesn't want him at the wedding. I know he's gonna say something bad to everybody. But when I got get get rid of the body, he's gonna fucking be there, not you.
7: I know this fucking guy.
1: And then you'll you'll be there for him. Um. Here's side, Rock Johnny. You're in Fest. How you doing, pal? Hello.
7: Oh, good, buddy. How are you? Yeah. I thought that was great interview. I, I love Cheeto. I I can't not watch any of the Ocean's movies when they're on. Right. I don't know why, and I get in trouble all the time for my wife. She's like, I'm not watching this again. But I love those. And obviously, you know, in some of these other movies, he do in, like Traffic and stuff like that. He's just great and great. One of those kind of character guys that's there. And uh, if Zito, you know, if you had anything to do with Fez's heart issue, there's going to be some repercussions. I don't think I did, Johnny. It seems like you might have. You do the fact that you're
1: bit... so sure of it, yeah. instead of just saying, oh my God, I hope I'm not pulling a part of this, because I think about that every time. I'm like, is this job too much for Fez? Got and it. yet, here's the weird thing is this is one of the few times where I'm like, People don't even get this. He was so happy about just being noticed for the Daily News yesterday.
3: I Haven't seen you know? him happy consistently. Free-
1: like, literally, since. proud of himself. And you're hearing from people down the hall that, you know, he's keeping his head up. He's going to have his way to talk to people because normally around here he does it. You know, he gets all zetoed down about himself mm-hmm. or he feels like he's been zetoed
3: oh, so the fucking bad
1: that he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And just that, you know, Put the zito nest away for a couple minutes and just fucking spread his wings and fly. Just be
3: clear of the Zito.
1: Right. Oh, I didn't know that.
3: Zito free. What, you mean Mark Zito? Yeah.
1: Johnny, let me ask you this. Would yeah. you kill Zito if you had to?
7: I don't know if I'd want to say that on the air, but, uh, you know, it's definitely something that's possible.
1: Maybe I better give Billy Staples a call.
7: Wait, what? Why? Yeah. Because
1: hate he hates your guts. That's right. You don't even know this. I've talked to him three times about not going after you. I've talked to Staples about that. And, like, you never even look at me and go, oh, there's a man who saved my life. But I have. I've literally saved your life three times. He wouldn't
7: care even if he did know. I would care. I don't want Billy Staples to come after me. See, You you don't even get it that Ronnie's a hero because he saved your life three times. He's a hero three times over.
1: The weird thing about it is I hate to use the word hero, but I can't think of another word that fits better.
7: First it was cell phone, gave it back, and now... Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Cell phone. cell phone, yeah, that's right. Yeah, give that guy's cell phone back after you found him the next
1: All right, Johnny, what are you doing today?
7: Yeah, just working. Nothing exciting.
1: What's happening in the world of rock and roll pants? <laughs>
7: Nothing really. I just I got some exciting rock and roll shirts today that came in. That was exciting. Some Anthrax shirts that were signed by. Oh the my band.
1: God, no. Do that you have anthrax no! No, no, on?
7: Not that, no, no, no! Speaking of Staples, yes, oh. no, not the band Anthrax. Not oh, like, thank you know, God! I was so nervous. No, no, I didn't have to put a mask on or anything. Was, uh, but uh, that was exciting. So we had today was rock and roll shirt day. I didn't, they didn't have any famous pants for me. All right, buddy. All right,
3: boys. Peace, oh, boy. See ya. Bye, Johnny. Um.
1: I know we got somebody else coming in here, but I want to see uh, go- that new gorillas video that you have. It's up on. Uh, From Converse. I have a hard time looking at it.
3: <laughs> the characters of the gorillas are creepy looking. It's creepy.
1: It's almost like we lost an in interstellar war. <laughs> I'm very weirded out by that. Uh, that's up on the Bang today. Make sure you get over there and. Um, Coming soon, Where's Waldo is also worth seeing. That movie is going to be so fucking kick ass. I didn't think Where's, Where's Waldo could make a fun action movie, but it definitely is going to work that way. Uh, John, you're on Fez's show.
5: Hey, Ron, what's up, buddy? Hey. hey, listen, I got some marrow problems, man, and uh, I've been listening to you for a while, and I think you're the best man to answer some questions. I'm up to my witch, and with this woman, I try beating her every night. I keep her in her cage when she doesn't listen to me. But still, she just doesn't uh, obey. But it definitely
1: is going to work that way. I can't talk to a person like that. Oh, my God. I just really get annoyed. I don't know why anybody who would even think that way feels like he has any anything in common with me. I mean, do I give off that vibe? No, you don't. I
3: don't know why you'd be the best man to ask these things. It seems like, you know, that's what he's picking up on. I can't sit around and even think about it. Well, that guy's so crazy that nothing, he doesn't pick up on anything.
1: Let me tell you, sir, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son, because I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. I ought to do something with that. I just love the way that uh, fucking rolled off there. Uh, Darren, Kentucky, you're on the run fest show. Hey,
5: Ronnie, yeah, did you say the USA beat Italy yesterday?
1: Oddly enough, I did not. Um,
5: that was a, you know, it's the first time we beat them in 82 years.
1: We've never beat them before. But never I, beat them
5: before. I
1: saw the goal after the fact. I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very excited. The new coach is really working out. And I honestly think the next World Cup, we finish in the top 80. I believe this is going to happen. Or the top 100.
3: It's something to aim for.
1: No, I'm going to say it now. We will win the World Cup one day.
3: For one day.
1: Yeah. Um Bob Texas, Sherman of F, Ronnie, yeah,
5: hey, I was just curious, is Zito and like like uh Sam Roberts, are they placed by the company because they both fucking suck ass?
1: Yeah, they are well, I, I you were actually brought in as a narc originally, wasn't that your job description? Narcotics undercover narcotics officer. walked
3: the narc Zito. I don't think that was he the
1: case. Think I should have known that he's narc Zito.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I don't think that was the my JavaScript at all. What was the thing that Cavino and Rich? They call it the Mark Zito. What? I think the Mark Zito curve. The Mark Zito curve, which they believe what? everyone will hate Zito before they like him, uh. and. I haven't gotten to the like part yet. I'm still like, where am I on the curb? Oh, when fucking, is that
3: going to happen? I'm on the hate straight away right now. Yeah. Just, I don't say anything.
1: But, but, oh.
3: Especially after this shit with fucking Fez earlier today. I, okay. I didn't even know about that. they, they fucking unbelievable.
1: Did you call him and bother him in the middle of the night? Uh, no. No, I didn't.
3: I think he prank calls him sometimes. Just, <laughs> just rings for a couple hours. Fez and Fuck I were him. getting along fine
6: yesterday, I thought. I didn't know. You made him
1: yell back, and he said something about your mouth or your teeth or something. Remember yeah, something? But yeah. you said when he told the secret, you were going to stop nipping at his heels. You've said that. I don't. When
2: did I say that?
1: You have never said that to me. I want you to s- swear to your Italian Protestant God because <laughs> you, you don't have a real god to swear to.
6: No, I really, I really don't think I did. I. But
1: that's awful. Scumbag. You know, Jim Jeffries was saying that you're allowed to say scumbag on the TV, like in a political debate, in down there, <laughs> so, like, down in Australia.
3: There's a debate going on, and one fucking candidate calls the other guy scumbag. You're a scumbag. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes Australia a lot better. What do you call it? Australia.
1: Why? You made it rhyme with Astoria. <laughs> Uh, he was like Astoria.
3: <laughs> Sound like it was Astoria. I wish Story was his own island. Australia, Queens.
1: You know, oddly, it is an island. It's just so big that you can't see it from there. Uh, this is up on the uh, I bang today. And I want to get to the girl, whether she's been knocked out or not, but we don't have enough time because Lip from Showtime's coming in, right? Mm-hmm. What, yes. When does he do?
3: A- in a few minutes.
1: Um. But there's a candy out. It's a Nestle's candy bar that's thin mint style it's tied in with the girl scalp. Oh shit. Now I went over this in my head. Um I don't know if I've ever had like a new candy bar that that's become like one of the rotation since I was a little kid. Like, whatever is your candy bars as a little kid, they kind of stay that way for you.
3: Uh, I always rocked the Milky Way, but then I think Reese's came out, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something. With the fast break. Have you had a fast break?
1: No, i never had a fast break. Oh, ever. yeah.
3: It's fucking good. If I see a fast break, I'm like, I'm going to get a fast break for myself. All right, what's, it,
1: what's in a fast
3: break? It seems like everything's in a fast break. Let me look at the camera. Everything <laughs> is in there? I mean, it's... it's, it's... fucking good, Rod. Because if I'm going to go Reese's, I'm going to go to
1: a cup. I'm going to forget the bar and find myself with a frozen peanut butter cup.
6: Those feel less fat satisfying, though, because even though there are two, it's like four bites and you're done. With the candy bar, I feel like you're really eating something.
1: At a candy bar these days, they're all small. They're all tiny. All right, okay. Give me the update.
3: All right, it's, uh has milk chocolate coating, and it's filled with peanut butter and nougat, and it's really fucking good. What is a nougat exactly? Yeah, yeah. it's like a nut, but it adds some crunch. So adds I like some...
1: a nut more than a nougat. If you're going to get crunchy... Give me a nut uh, on mass taping going on, on um, next Tuesday. People are going crazy for this one, huh? Fuck yeah. Yeah, they love this Fran Drescher. Love her.
3: She's awesome.
1: All right, I did not know about this uh, new candy bar that you love so much. It's the
3: fast break. It's delicious. Um, Hurts my teeth. It's that good.
1: Peter, you're in a fez. Peter. I don't know why I go to these phones when they just blow all the time. Uh, Todd, you're on the Run-A-Fest show.
7: My chest hurts.
1: You're a fucking jerk off. Seriously, dude. You're a fucking jerk (laughs) off. All right. Dude, I want you to know something for real. Now I am mad at the Radio Shark again. Don't fucking jinx it, man. As I'm coming in here today, I saw somebody collapse Uh. in the lobby. Then I find out that the Breitbart is dead, which it's stunning to me.
3: Forty three.
1: No, the day that he came in here and they you know the angle went down with O and A, which let's hope that we'll hear the real story now. Now that we're no longer fucking protecting this guy. But I came up with him on the elevator that day. And I don't know who he was. I mean I know the name Breitbart, but I no. wouldn't know him to see him. He had a fucking sweat going. And was pacing back and forth in the elevator. In the elevator.
2: Jeez.
1: Who am I to say? I'm not going to fucking say the disparaging remarks. But I'm like, this guy is really. Is he wired. Maybe. He's amped up and ready to go. And it was like, you know, on. It. I forget what. I, I guess I was doing something. I had to be in here for some reason. So I was a little earlier than I normally am. I don't like to get around here. I don't like waking up too early in the morning. And that day, I know that I was. And he was, like, looking for, you know, to get in with O&A. And I was pointing down the hall where he should go, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, what are they doing with this guy? <laughs> um, let's go over here to uh, Joe. Joe, you're on a fest.
5: Hey, there's a candy bar out called Take Five. It's got um, chocolate pretzels, peanut butter, caramel, and peanuts.
3: That seems like Delicious. it's too much. I don't like it. I've had i tried it. i was like, this is Th- shit. I'm to
1: do tell you the truth. A Thin Mint is my favorite kind of cookie. And I only do it Girl Scout style. I don't want it any other time of the year. All right? In the same way that I don't want to go to the beach in the winter, I don't want to have any off-seasonal, Candy bars. Keep oh, it special. I mean, cookies. Girl Scout cookies. Keep it special. That's right. I don't want to see fucking baseball in January. What am I, a nut? Fuck that. No. So, but now, so this candy bar, and we've got it up on the bang. There's a nice picture of it, but I basically go somewhat old school. If you like to put on candy bars that we should be into, that's on the iBang under the, under the uh, wire stuff. Um, let's go over here to Mark in Chicago. You're on Ron Fez.
5: Hey Ron, uh, best wishes to Fez. I felt the same way about candy bars as you, uh, where I something you know needed something new in the mix. And then I started traveling to Canada for work, and essentially they have our candy bars, but a slight twist on them. So the Kit Kat is shaped differently; it's got a little bit more chocolate hmm. I have to change things up a little bit.
1: All right, so it's. Um would you go so far to say Madness?
5: It, uh, it's Canadian Madness. Oh, I would shame. say. And, they, and they've got some other ones that we don't have, too. This coffee crisp, delicious. Uh, check out the Canadian candy bars.
1: Oh, by the way, this is... a uh, first responders, it's I am Don Cheadle. We forgot to do that. Without Fez, we forget everything that's important. Um, and the next, Jeremy Allen White, who's on Shameless, and he plays Lip, who... It's got to be one of the real cool characters on there, right? No, he's the shit. He's oh, coming up kid. in just a couple minutes. Uh, our buddy, uh, do you need something, Fred? No, no. <laughs> do we have a guest? About to find out yes. right now. Yeah, we do. Then why are you saying no? You don't need anything.
8: Oh, I, I thought because you...
1: he's sit- you got Zito sitting in here like a nut. Uh, Candyman, real quick, what do you got, pal?
5: Hey guys, the reason for the mint boom is there's all our companies have people that will examine sales, especially at Christmas time. And we we went down that road. I sent you guys some of that creme de menthe bliss, but now they see there's a spike in that sales at Christmas. They try to make it an everyday item. It'll probably be gone in, in probably six months. That's kind of been the track record something is good at one point, then they make it their everyday item, and then it goes away.
3: Oh, all right. Hey, Pepper. Yeah. Fa- fast break. Next box in the fast break. Fuck yeah. All right. I destroy myself some more. All
1: right. Some people are writing in some stuff on this candy thing on the iBang. Fast break. Reese's fast break is your big deal. Chocolate covered paydays. Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at I'm not even all that sure about these. It's like a whole new
3: world. Take five. I had to take five once. I didn't finish it. I just threw it out. And after one bite, I was like, this sucks.
1: Why would you say that? Why wouldn't you give it a chance? I,
3: I, I did give it a chance. I was tasting and chewing and trying to swallow. And I was like, no, this doesn't
1: taste good to me. Uh, all right. So uh, we've talked about it so many times. Gonna, how much we like this TV show, uh, which is called Shameless. That's nine o'clock. On Sunday, see uh, Showtime's got everything. I mean, the Sunday nights, it's killing it. I got Californication, I got Shameless, I got House of Lies,
3: one after another. Every and
1: everybody's Sunday. high end, they're drinking, it's a, it's they're fucking. There's sex addiction. <laughs> there's a Kit Kat seventy. This is look, he's got a Kit Kat seventy up there. So we're bringing him in now. Let's bring him in. Plays Lip. It's Jeremy Allen White. You know this song, right, Jeremy? You familiar with this one? i familiar with this yeah. one. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: This, I was just, Don Cheadle was just in here a couple of minutes oh, ago. Cool. And I was just saying, I don't know what's happened to Sunday nights on Showtime. Yeah. But it's really the Bad Boy Club now.
0: Yeah, it's cool.
1: It really is, one after another. And Shameless is a whole family. Of that bad is off. Boys. Yeah, just yeah. off the, even the girls are bad boys. Even the
0: girls are bad boys, exactly, yeah. Odd
1: yeah. uh, show for you to be able to jump into, did you believe it when you first uh, saw the initial pilot stuff?
0: Um, but after I'd filmed the pilot?
1: Yeah, after like, even hearing like, when you first read about the pilot, were you like, wait, could this be a TV show? Could this thing uh, hold up?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it'd be great, you know, I um, I know kind of, Showtime and HBO have been eating up these kind of a uh, anti-hero sort of right. uh shows and and I think um well Frank I don't know if you can even call him an anti-hero he might just be anti Just but, anti and, uh, yeah. and leave it there. <laughs> yeah, but um you know I think I think people dig watching uh specifically you know The Gallaghers because you know they get to live vicariously through them, you know, yeah. they're getting into all sorts of shit and trouble. But at the same time, you know, they're really great great people, they're very um, loyal to each other, and and so um, I I think people really dig um, watching us do what we do. Well,
1: every neighborhood has this version of the Gallagher family. There's some family that you're like, they stole our bike, or if you fight one of them, you're fighting all of them. You know, or what's going on over there? They're leaving the cars out front on blocks and shit, you know? So that's the great thing about it. I think everybody can relate to what the hell happens at that house? Sure, and it's all like when you look at the Gallagher's, everything's really Frank's fault. Mm-hmm. Or do you even take it back because now we're finding out his childhood was shit too?
0: You know what? I, I don't want to cut him that much slack. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's that's a little. Um, you know what I'd say is is um, you know maybe after our mom left, you know, our, our, our mom yeah. Monica left when we were very young and. I think that probably put Frank some kind of spiral and, and I think, you know, as much as the whole family really doesn't like Frank all that much, he's still there every day. Even if yeah. he's stealing from them, he's a the face they see every day. So, um, speaking personally from lip's point of view I mean I think he has a lot more resentment towards his you know mother who bailed on them when they were when they were really young.
1: And yet that doesn't mean that they give Frank a break with it or think we're lucky we have Frank. I mean he is that he is actually their pain walking around in front of them. They can yeah. see th- this is the thing that keeps us from being normal. You know, this is the thing that keeps us from being like the other kids at school.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think everyone from that neighborhood's probably a little screwed up no right. matter no matter what their dad's like. Um and also, you know, I I would like to think that the Gallagher kids are um a product of more more than just their father's kids, mm-hmm. you know? Um but yeah, no, definitely Frank has um has taken his toll on on these kids and, and their lives could be could be very different, but you know, after saying that i I just can't push strongly enough. you know he still hasn't left, even though he's he's you know fucking with us all the time mm-hmm. he um he sticks around, which is, is something that is admirable in the strangest way.
1: It's really the only thing that you have to do as a member of a family. If you yeah. really think about it, is show up.
0: Just don't leave. Yeah. Just
1: don't leave, or when you do leave, have enough people worrying about you, like, where is he? Right. I don't know if there's... You know, we always use this term, like, dysfunctional families. I'm not sure if there's a functional one. I don't know... Sure. If just like the republic itself, that the whole idea for family isn't just set up to fail from the beginning.
0: It's true. I mean I um I can't tell you how many times I've heard that uh, you know, the Gallagher family is just like their right. family. And obviously I'm you know, I'm sure it's not exactly the same, but yeah. I'm sure there are things that have happened that are very similar to what's happened with their family and there you know, there are a lot of families out there and um and uh yeah.
1: These, these kids are also part of the, uh, and it's the wild thing that I think that the show is perfect right now, is because of the economic time yeah. in this country, where you've got a lot of people that live very, very close to the edge. If yeah. they're not on the edge, they're right there. And these kids, unlike, if you're lucky enough and you're a kid, you're not thinking about money. Right. But the Gallagher kids, money is always a they're big thing. They're thinking about it, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I always thought it was kinda of funny that we're uh playing this show that's kind of showing uh what a family's like and the economic downfall, but no one can watch it unless they pay an extra forty <laughs> yeah, bucks a month to get showtime. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. But everybody has cable.
0: That's yeah, the it's funny true. thing. Comes, yeah. No matter
1: what happens in life.
0: Everyone's got their T V. It's like yeah. everyone's got a big ass T V no matter how much money they're making, yeah. it's true.
1: Because you might as well be homeless if you don't have a flat screen. It's the same thing. (laughs) It's the same exact thing. Now, the difference, though, is Lip is also incredibly smart. And he's book smart. Yeah. Um, Which makes this whole thing even rougher on him, I guess. You know, to be able to know, hey, there are ways out of it. It's one thing when you don't know Mm -hmm. about what happens in the rest of the world. But I figure Lip knows that his life is not supposed to be going this way.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's something I've been thinking about a lot. You know, I think a lot of people are wondering why Lip doesn't go to college, right. and make a life for himself. You know, that kind of thing. And and um I don't know. I think that's kind of scary to Lip. You know, I think he's very comfortable in his environment. I think he loves his family, not only his family, right. but he really he thinks these these working class blue collar people are very very real to him, mm-hmm. and everyone else is they're yuppies, they're bullshit, they're And at the same time, I think he's kind of scared. You know, he doesn't know how he'd do if he went... He'd probably do very well, I think, if he went off to college. But, um, you know, I... I don't know. I I think it's a scary thing, leaving the safe place. He feels very safe. He feels very in control. And I feel like lip out of control isn't a good lip. Well,
1: he's also dated there. I mean, quite frankly, you know, the guilt thing that could go on leaving these little kids. I mean, there's little, little kids there. uh, Which... Uh, and then the other thing about Lip is he is a street kid too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not bookish in the normal way. No, he gets in as much shit as anybody else. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, he's. Um, I think he he uh, he does very well in school, but I don't. I don't think he tries very hard. You yeah. know, I think um, he's just naturally gifted. But if he had it his way, he wouldn't be gifted at all. I think. I think um, at the end of the day, Lip just wants to stay. In that neighborhood, raise a family, hopefully raise it better than Frank did, and, uh, and that would be kind of his dream outcome at the moment.
1: Now, you do the show in LA and you do the show in Chicago.
0: Yeah, we film at Warner Brothers in Burbank in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we film there for about two and a half months months or so yeah and then we go to chicago and we stay in chicago for about 10 days and we do all our exteriors for episodes one through six and then we come back to warner brothers do the rest of the season and then do the rest of the exteriors for the season
1: so that's got to be confusing to know i mean one moment you're in the house and as you're walking outside really weeks have passed
0: yeah it's it's uh yeah it's it's definitely tough i mean what's tougher is you know, we're we're pretty much filming. Let's say the first time we go to Chicago, mm-hmm. we're filming exteriors from one through six. So in a day, I could be doing scenes from episodes one and then five, right. and then two, and then six, just going back and forth. And you know, a lot of stuff happens on our show, and right. it's hard to kind of keep track of where your character's at, what's happened, and all that. Um, so yeah, it, it's tough, but uh, but I love filming in Chicago. We we, we film in a great area. Um, where the people that live there really love us being there which is important to me um, and also I love Chicago I'm from New York and um I've been out in L.A. for a little while, but uh, I think it's refreshing to go to a city that's more like New York every once in a while. Just
1: to have that urban setting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely more like New York than Los Angeles. Well, the
1: funny thing too is, like in California, I think San Francisco is definitely an urban place. Mm-hmm. You know, when you feel like I'm in the city, you know the same feelings that you could have in Manhattan, but you never get that feeling in L.A.
0: No, nah, you can't get it. It's it's such a uh, I don't know. It's bleak at times. You've got, you've yeah. got, you've got. You need to drive everywhere. There's the public transportation is really. I mean, it exists, but it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, just feel like
1: when I'm in LA, I've driven like it's like going from Jersey to Long Island, but no but, New York City in the middle. Right. Right. You know right. what I mean? You're and like, it's like
0: you're going all the time. It's <laughs> yeah. like there's not a short trip. Yeah. Everything's so far away. <laughs>
1: But the other weird thing is, if you've never been to L.A., you kind of feel like you've been there because you've seen so much TV. So many.
0: So many. Yeah. Movies, pictures, right. television. It's true. So
1: the whole time you're driving around out there, you're like think i grew up around here i'm not <laughs> sure you're looking around because whatever it is about those hills like even kids shows that stuff is yeah, in,
0: in in people's heads yeah for sure
1: so it's oddly like part of your memories you're like oh yeah this is where i used to do wonder years wait that wasn't me that was tv
0: yeah right right, right.
1: you uh you have time with this show to do other things though right
0: yeah. You have, yeah yeah it's great i mean we do 12 episodes they're an hour long um but we take about six months to shoot mm-hmm. um shoot a season give or no, take a couple so,
1: weeks uh growing up in uh new york city what part of the city did you grew up in
0: i grew up in uh in downtown brooklyn like Carroll uh-huh. gardens and um red hook and park slope and stuff like that
1: so uh can you believe even how much that's changing all the time now i mean Crazy. it's really i've never i never saw uh as cities start to change as quickly as Brooklyn, as Brooklyn is. is now. Yeah. It's wild. And when they get the basketball team, dude, oh you're my not God. even going to know it.
0: You're not going to know what to do with yourself. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I guess my folks now live out in Sunset Park, so they, they're, they're kind of running away from the, right. uh, <laughs> from the change. Um, but uh, The funny thing about
1: Brooklyn is there's almost like a black flight going on where black people are like, I can't be around these web designers, and <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything to do with this. Fashion folks, yeah. yeah.
0: But I do love, um, I lived in Carroll Gardens for like five years with my family, and that's one of my favorite neighborhoods. What's I really the like pizza it
1: place uh, that we always get pizza from there? This morning Gardens? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the upside-down pizza or whatever it is, the sauce on the outside. It's, yeah. It's, a, gre- it's a, a great place, I guess, for you to grow up. Were you into acting as a little kid? Was um, it right from the beginning?
0: Yeah, I guess I got into acting when I was 13 or so, and then I, I, I got myself some representation and started taking it more seriously when I was like 15 or something like that. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I, I went to a middle school in Park Slope that had a really great acting department. Um, and the drama teacher, um, John McEnany, he would, uh, kind of select a few kids that he thought, you know, could act, and and he would have them go on kind of open cattle calls and stuff like that, and so I got my first job, which was this off-off-off-off-Broadway right. production of this original, um, you know, uh, play called The Present, and then I actually got my first film um, through an open call, too, but it was about two years of auditioning, and by the time I actually got the part, I had representation at that point um but the first time i auditioned for it it was like huge open call at a school on a saturday with like 400 kids waiting in line it was crazy
1: yeah it's really no chance yeah there's no chance at it once you get in though i guess life changes that, you know, life now,
0: doesn't even change once you get in, it's you know. Always it's gonna, always tough. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I mean obviously when you have no representations, no one's sending you out on auditions, you really have to find it yourself. I think that's really tough.
1: Well, this uh Showtime show is phenomenal. I'm telling you, I've got my Sunday nights now, too. Yeah. It is just the uh, the craziest night of uh TV. Shameless airs Sunday nights, nine o'clock. Check them out at show.com slash shameless. Uh, thanks so much for stopping in, man. Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. I and appreciate I'll it. I'll
1: see you next time through.
0: Alright, cool. Rizza, the genius. right? And you're Rizza, aka
3: Bobby Dishon. Yeah, you know it's a Bobby. yo. You know it's here, Bobby. And you're Bill Murray. Bill, brown Hall day, ghost-busting-ass Murray. Who you gonna call? I know that. Just gonna kill me. on the
2: it's the run it fest Show
1: coming up in just a little bit. We're have Jason Isaacs on. Uh, this is the new hot TV show, Awake. It premieres tonight at 10 o'clock. Could this be? Could this be our new Lost? That's I what I'm so. wondering about.
3: I hope so. I don't want to hashtag save this thing. I just want this thing to fucking be.
1: I don't think we're going to need to hashtag it because I saw the premiere episode and it's really smart writing. Unlike a lot of those things where they're just making up crazy (laughs) and then there are a lot of big special effects. This is very low on the special effects, but very, very big on the psychological stuff. You've seen one. Have you seen the first one? I saw the first, yeah. And you've seen more Zits. Yes, I've seen four of them. Why do you
6: see four? How did that happen? Well, there was a. I saw a DVD lying around with with. There were two of them online, and then there was a DVD lying around with a couple on them, and I grabbed that and watched that. Why
1: do you jump so far out ahead of the rest well, of us?
6: The way I see it, I could, you know.
1: It seems I, smarter?
6: No, but I, like um, in my head, it's like the same thing. Like, if an album leaks by an artist I really like, I'll just listen to it instead of waiting for the release date. Because in my head, it's like, well, I could die, and then I'd never get to hear this. So at least, Why like, are you going to
1: say that on a day like today?
3: Look at him. He's like fucking rubbing it in people's goddamn faces. I
1: saw a man collapse downstairs. Fezzy is in the hospital getting his test. And, of course, we lost the Breitbart. Well, I didn't mean it in the context that... We'll... But you got to think it like that, you know, like... You can't go walking into a funeral, fucking lay out a big fart blasts and then go did someone step on a duck. <laughs> Never do that. Now, I want to see if you're ready for this cuz you're a weak stomach guy, right? Yeah. I'm not really big on I could not be a doctor because of the fact that I find the human body so gross. Fred, where are you on this?
8: The human body is disgusting.
1: All right, Kimono, I want you in here, too, looking at this. Okay. Can you get off that for a second? Yes. Yeah. We can all be in here together? Oh, yeah. Run, but well, dead arm run. Dead arm run in here. Dead arm it. Look, when he becomes a very, very big uh, physical comedian, I want everyone to remember that he didn't even know he was until I told him.
6: By the way, he took a bunch of Advil earlier, and I said, what's wrong? He fucking
1: hurt himself. I never take a bump like that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know how to take bumps
8: Yeah, I'm just scrape my knee a little bit He it's fell fine.
1: in front of the uh, Sam show <laughs> Trying to be funny um, Let's uh, Go over here to No, I'm not gonna go to this guy so how something ends All right, This is on the eye bank right. Not weak for safe stomach Don't look if you're like us we're going to see which one of us gives out first. And I want to tell you the truth. I don't like to see injuries. No. no. I don't like injuries. And if I don't even start to hear about injuries, I start to get pains like in my shins. Oh. Like different parts of my body will start to bother me. Now,
6: is it how many, like do we each, do we tap on every photo or just whoever can make it through the most photos?
1: Let's just see what we can do photo by photo. All right, we're going to go down to the first one. Okay. Oh, Oh, God! Oh. Fuck. It's a split and a half finger. Oh. Who's tapping? Oh. Who gets to the tap? Then you gotta stare. You gotta stare at it. And stare till you step. That could be your thumb. That could be your finger. Oh. <laughs> Not tapping. Not tapping. tap. Uh. Nobody Fred. tap. No. Nobody. <laughs> nobody tapped the first one. All right, but now just look at it. There's no more looking away. You've got to stare at everyone. Okay. No one wants to tap. No one wants to tap. Oh God. That <laughs> finger's cut in half. <laughs> I can't be a doctor. Second one go.
2: Ah! Oh! Oh! Oh my God! Attack! <laughs> a, ah! a oh. <laughs> stop! There's a hole through the foot. Ow! There's a hole through the foot. You can't run away! I tap. Oh, Fuck that! Oh! There's a hole through the foot. Oh!
6: <laughs> are Pepper, are we done? Are Pepper and I done? Do we have to keep? No, looking?
1: you gotta keep going. You're just tapping Per per That's fucked up. <laughs> I know.
2: What can even happen to oh. you? That's happened. No.
1: I guess a rat ate through no. it. All right, ready? Let's go down to the next one. Oh, oh. God, no! Is that real? Oh, that's not that bad. But oh. that's because you can't see the whole part.
2: His Brain head, half his head's
1: there. gone. Brain should be there. That's awful. I I just want to... Let's just look at this one. Let's just go back and look at that foot one more time. No, we do it better. No! No! Oh, my God, man. I really want us to cyborg up. I don't want us to have human bodies anymore.
2: No.
1: No. I just want to be away from the human body and everything that it does.
3: Flush
1: is too weak. It is weak. All right, let's go for the next one. Here's the head like... Oh! you tapped again? <laughs> Double tap? This
3: <No. laughs> ah. is sickening. What are you doing, Fred?
1: Uh.
9: Explain <laughs> it.
8: Describe it's it. There's a guy, and he's got two feet, but they're covered in, like, scat. I don't ah. know. Their feet are rotting or something. Ah. <laughs> and they're split open there at the bottom. And it's, This is up on the it's eye bang.
1: Like, it's awful, awful pictures. Crusty blood. Tap if you can make it through. This That's real. Disgusting. Uh, uh. Go to the next one.
6: Oh, that's oh, fine. Oh, oh it's the next ray. Alright, it's the next ray of a guy with a. Knight I mean, it, it would have been fucking really scary if I could see his actual head, but. That's awful, though. Oh,
1: God. Did they act like he lived through that? I don't. <laughs> Alright, let's go to the next
6: This way. is the worst article ever posted. This is fucking horrible. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what
1: is it? What happened? What is that? Did he uh, get scalped by uh, a bear?
3: Oh, God. Oh, God. That What is that? Is that his neck? I guess. It's the back of his head. Ugh. a neck.
1: He got bear-fucking-clawed. Oh, fuck. Oh. He got bear-clawed, dude. Zero. Step. All right, ready for the next one? Yeah.
2: Oh, no! God.
8: Oh. He's got, like, Darth Maul face or something, but it's scabs and... This
1: is so hard. All right, there's my fucking ankles. Those my fucking ankles are giving out on me. Oh, oh God, this is... starts to get the fucking shit. That ca- I
3: think that counts as a tap.
1: Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> a tap. Okay.
3: okay, this is disgusting. <laughs> all right,
1: next one. Yeah, this. Uh, these are the pictures over on the iBanks. Uh, this one's
6: called Inuit versus polar bear. I don't really want to know. I hope he won.
2: Oh, uh, oh! scalp! No. Look
1: That's he's... how people get scalped.
2: No.
6: She's brave. Oh, look at his back too. What the fuck? Saying? It's the
1: same guy. Oh, that's the same dude. Oh. Oh.
10: God. I, don't like I this.
1: couldn't live where polar bears were. Uh. JT, you're on the feds.
5: Hey, Ronnie B, you did it again, dog. You broke the internet.
1: Oh, these pictures Sarah- shouldn't. You having trouble getting on the iBang?
8: It will not connect. I Unable to establish a connection.
1: Yeah, everybody's slamming it at the same time, I'm sure. People, uh, stop.
6: You don't want to do this.
1: Don't. You don't want to do this. Why wouldn't <laughs> we, we beg you not to go? Would you go? It doesn't make sense. Maximus. <laughs> just, be, just be happy, JT. Happy you haven't seen what Fred's seen today. All right, next one. No. Ah! Oh! <laughs> Go. What happened to Ew. What the fuck oh, is... Oh, we got he? shot of a 45 through his hand. Oh, oh.
3: God. Ew. There's pus
1: and weirdness. Oh, God. Uh, so we got the guy from Away coming in, so we got to really pick up.
3: It's okay.
2: Oh, 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 no. Oh, oh, no! Oh, no! That's oh, no. oh,
3: no. really sick.
1: Yeah. I'm losing on that one.
3: You can see bones. That's fucking awful. You can see bones. That's of... why
1: you don't hold a firecracker too long. Bones without flesh. I always flesh. say to people if you get like the firecracker, then throw it. Don't fucking hold on to it. Like, oh, this is funny. Oh,
3: I like my fingers. Oh, I don't... there's a fucking another one on the foot. No. Jesus! Oh, oh fuck!
1: There's digits all oh, over the fucking stop. place. Let's, let's tap. <laughs> can we not go
2: yeah,
6: to
5: the let's top three? Tap.
1: If we can't. come <laughs> oh. back to it. I'm seriously. That's the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, who fucking c- comes up with such a thing? I like it, those last Sick two make me want doctors.
6: Those last two make me want to go back to a time when I was just looking at pictures of scalpings and stuff. That was fine.
1: You know, the scalping happens very easily. Very fucking. It's very easy to pull that all the way back, and it just peels. Ugh. And that's why they started doing it. But um, I was in a car accident, and I. Like the forehead just kinda disappeared, right? But there's like, oh you're so lucky. I'm like lucky, my fucking forehead is like red flesh here and they're going, No, normally once you go through the windshield, it just pulls the top of your head off. It's not that easy. Holy I mean it's not that hard for it to happen. Jesus Christ. That's why the Indians whoever did it, they you just do it fast.
3: So they just go around the dead and just ripping them left and right, just fucking yeah.
1: Uh, It happens to guys all the time when they used to be working on cars, and the fucking shaft would be spinning, and if you had long hair, it would catch it, Ah. and just pull the whole thing off. And the guy would just be there with his red fucking scalp. He'd be screaming, like, oh my god. And then, like, if a bug came and landed on it, a bug would just, like, stick to it. Stick to his scalp.
3: No, that shouldn't happen. Nobody should see these things. Don't go.
1: I am so mad that Fez isn't here for this today because he would just be loving it. This God is the kind man. of stuff that he likes to get fucking grossed out by. Mm-hmm.
3: That's all he ever wanted.
1: Um, here's our friend Holly in St. Pete.
11: Hey, guys. Yeah. I'm, I was just going to call to
12: say that I've been doing personal injury and medical malpractice law for oh, Radio ever. Shows. I know.
1: I just did an interview and, with Don
12: <laughs> You know what? That was the best interview ever. I loved him, and I was so excited. Hotel Rwanda is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but anyways, I've seen some of the...
1: Yeah, go ahead. Did, did, are you gone? She just disappeared? Ollie. She just disappeared on
3: us. Fucking guys are so Lewis of Manhattan.
11: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, you were talking about that uh, show Awake earlier.
3: Yeah, I was. Um,
11: I've, I've never seen the show, but I have a theory on it. That's the one of the main reasons why I may not watch it, is because I think what's going to happen at the end, they're going to pull one of those like Shyamalan-type deals, and um, he's actually the one dead. He's the one that didn't survive. And his uh, wife and son are still alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh there's a million things that it could be that's why i think it's smart fucking writing
3: that's great it's a great fucking concept
1: i'm really pulling for alternate universes i guess that could be. i love scary. to think about alternate universes i always think like that there's a universe where i never met hicks wow. and my life is just going great i'm living I mean... in a in a castle I'm probably. A castle? Cause yeah. Mean- I'm the guy who started Facebook because I didn't have Hicks fucking annoying me all the time. <laughs> so it's like really great there.
3: <laughs>
4: Shit.
1: And I'm just like fucking just me and my Facebook money. And this giant gold castle house.
3: Just balling out. Uh, of love. It's a castle house of love. That sounds really great to live in.
8: I hope the show is like the fast break of TV shows and it's just every twist all in one.
1: What do you mean fast break? Like the candy bar?
8: Yeah, like a candy bar. Like it's just all the delicious things all in one. Skyler.
1: Skyler. Yeah. What do you got, buddy?
5: Hey, man. I was just wondering if you guys would uh, would rather be dead than having a hole in your ankle like that. that, I mean,
3: oh, that just fucking put a bullet in, in my head. Out. I'd rather it be dead than have a fucking five. slight fever. That ankle hole is one of the most horrifying things I've seen in my fucking entire shitty life. That's just fucking horrifying
1: we didn't even make it to the end and i'm looking i just i'm down looking at uh at comments casa blumpkin says why kendall says looks like a half slice how's that person still alive Mulder said totally made it through where's my md license also i'm a chick and i'm more of a dude than zito keep screaming (laughs) like a little bitch
3: hey this shit's fucking disgusting
1: Chief writes, welcome to the life of an EMT firefighter. F'em, they never bought me a beer. Um, Gorilla Bob said, uh, the only one that's really gruesome is the firecracker versus hand. I've seen it repeatedly in Brooklyn in the 80s and 90s. It's just fucking chuck meat. Ollie says, I'm a sick fuck for not flinching. Ugh. Everyone had a problem with a broken leg. I don't even think we made it to that, did no, we? No,
3: we didn't. No, we stopped at the firecracker hand.
1: And this guy says uh, my son thinks the stuff is cool, and my girl passes out. Uh, here's our friend Holly. Got you back, hey Holly?
12: Hey, um, I live in the black hole of cell phones in Canals Park. Um. Anyways, the grossest things that you could ever see are pressure sores or bed sores on these old people. And and I see them. That's about all that I do right now is, like, nursing home abuse because the nursing homes down here are so overfilled, people, and it's so gross. And
1: that comes from not, like, flipping people and getting them moving around?
12: Right. And especially when they have strokes and stuff like that, they move anyways, and they get them on on their heels. And it just eats their whole foot away and then it turns black. And and these nurses they have to treat this stuff and it's just disgusting. I've seen ones that the their butts are so oh. worn through that you can see their tailbone because it's like protruding oh. out of their whatever's left in their Ugh. bodies.
1: Getting older and is I, awful.
12: And I get I'm so used to seeing this stuff that it doesn't even phase me anymore. I had a car accident once where the guy got hit and he got killed and his leg got cut off, and he's laying on the autopsy table, and then they kind of, like, put his leg down where it was supposed to be on the table, and they just take pictures of him. But, but then when my brother was in a car accident, and I go to the hospital, and I knew the emergency room doctor, and I was like, take me back, and he takes me back to the emergency room, and my brother hit his head off the windshield in the side window, and he looked like the elephant man. I passed out. And I'm like, I can look at these things all day, and I don't even get sick to my stomach or nothing. I'm like, oh, man, check this out. And then as soon as I see it live in person, forget it. I'm out like a light. Um, And that's my story.
1: (laughs) It's just well, Everything that you're explaining is just awful.
12: Well, you know, I mean, it's what I do for a living, and I'm used to it. At first, it was kind of scary, but now... And it's so funny because you don't even really think of them as people. A case that I just had was a utility guy was standing behind his truck, and he had the cones out, and some kid was driving down the street, and he wasn't paying attention, changing the channels or whatever, ran into the guy, and it split him in half, and his body was just laying there in half in the road. And then so the police take the pictures, you know, and then we get the pictures in, and, you know, you see this guy's torso in one end, and his legs are on the other, smashed against the back truck.
1: All right, uh, must, anyway. I'm Yeah, this is awful. <laughs> it's,
12: but you know, it, it. I guess you know. Once you get used to it, it's just you don't even think twice about it. That's all.
1: I never get used to anything like that. It never will happen. I'll never get to that point. No, if you get, at that point, then. If I was a doctor, my nickname would be the screaming doctor who hates to look at stuff.
3: It's bedside manners.
1: And and. I would always even be saying to my patients, don't get too close to me, because I don't know what you have right now. (laughs) Oh, God, this is terrible. Uh, Waiting for uh, the actor from Awake. And apparently, uh, he was Draco Malfoy's dad, huh? Lucius. Lucius. Malfoy. Uh, It's Jason Isaacs.
3: Jason Isaacs, right? Jason Isaacs.
1: Uh, Awake is starting at uh, 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, Get me on the clock, too, dude. I noticed that we're having trouble with that. Um, If you want, go over and see if you can make it through that on the iBang, on the Uh, iBang.com. Awake, this is the big show. I think it's our lost. I think we finally got lost back. Oh, please. That's what I'm hoping. First episode, terrific. Loved it. Um, Tonight, 10 o'clock... 9 p.m. Central on NBC. NBC.com slash awake is how to get into this. Let's bring in uh, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs is in studio with us. The show premieres tonight, Awake, and there's such a great buzz on the show right there now.
13: There is. Well, you know, they did something that I don't fully understand, which is they gave the entire pilot away online, yeah. uh, and so millions of people have already seen it, and uh, they've been going nuts for it. Yeah, people have been saying nice things.
1: Well, there's f- it's phenomenal writing. It um, is. And to be able to pull this on television, because one of the things I think that you have a, a problem when you're doing this kind of show is, can you keep up the believability? Can it make sense? Can you keep everybody involved in it and still stay as complex as the idea? The idea yeah. is both simple and complex at the same time.
13: True. Well, I mean, the, the, sem- the premise of it is very simple. It's just, how do you make great television every yeah. single week for an hour at a time? It's a... Uh, Uh, For those people who don't know, it's about a detective, Michael Britton, who I play, who has a terrible car accident at the beginning of the series with his wife and his son in the car, and he wakes up and his wife has survived, and they've lost their son, and he goes back to work. Uh, And when he closes his eyes at night, he's instantly in another world where his son has survived, and his wife has died, and he goes to work with a different partner, solves different crimes. Now, one of them must be a dream, stands to reason, but he has no idea which one. They both seem completely realistic, and he doesn't want to tell people he's going nuts, uh, but he does start behaving strangely at work. He has insights into crime and into people's behavior that allow him to solve things. And his boss, in both worlds, sends him to a police shrink to check that he's safe to carry a gun. And only the shrinks, really, and the audience, obviously, understand quite what's going on inside my head.
1: Now, even with this, as a man, the two things in life that you demand is to not bury your wife and not bury your yeah. kids. Well, Every- losing
13: a child, yeah. uh, you know, not that... I mean, I have a wife and children, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying... Uh, losing our children would be a lot worse than losing a partner. It's, it's unimaginable losing a child right. but losing either is, uh, you know, not something you know, on top of your wish list and so what he does not consciously But unconsciously is create a world in his head. He lives in denial where he just hasn't lost anyone And uh, and that's the central hook of the show and, and really, you know, what we want to do We're really intent on doing apart from making it a procedural in that you can watch any episode in any order We wanted to see what would happen if you had a second chance at a marriage second chance of being a parent because it's not about loss so much as it's about life it's not about death it's about how should he live his life now that he has a chance to try and do things right and different it's the strangest thing about the human condition that it only
1: takes something like that for you to go oh i would have made all the changes you know yeah. i wouldn't have taken anything for granted and yet when you as soon as you're past any kind of tragedy again
13: you mm-hmm. fall back into that guy you were before of, well it's funny you use the word guy i mean one of the key things i think for this uh, and it's really written mostly by by Carl Killen, who wrote the pilot, but a lot of it is written by Howard Gordon, and it's showrun by him, who wrote 24, Mm -hmm. uh, and wrote The X-Files a lot, and just created Homeland. And, you know, he writes men's drama, and uh, it doesn't mean it's not for women to watch, but the central character is a guy that likes to fix other people's problems. Right. He's a detective. He wants to put the world to rights. He wants to make things good. And so he wants to fix his wife. He wants to help her through her grief. He wants to fix his son. And the great central traumatic irony is, of course, he's the one that needs help more than anybody. But he's never going to see it or ask for it.
1: And that's like what's great about the title, Awake, is that most of the time we're just going through life. We're just doing the things, particularly if you have skills and you're good at it. Mm -hmm. If you're good at it, then you can kind of turn off this part of you that feels things well, you look outside
13: yourself yeah you know? I mean he sent to these shrinks he doesn't want to be there and he certainly doesn't want to think or talk about his feelings he wants to talk about other people's problems so that he can solve them and that's certainly I don't know about anyone listening but that's what I tend to do and that's what we all tend to do right Look, the reason I did this show really was I wasn't looking for a job I mean I wasn't I was developing something as a producer oddly and uh, and I read it and I just couldn't get it out of my head the you know it, the the imaginative Journeys that we could take with this character and then we do end up taking during the season were just too much for me I couldn't say no and walk away because it's not often that you get uh, a Combination of a great idea and some really talented writers and a very talented director Our series director directed most of Friday Night Lights, which I Mm -hmm. thought was a great show and a show that has you know appeals to the heart and the brain and um And I wanted to walk away because I think my idea is very good and would have made a good series But I just couldn't you know, I don't know how often these things will ever come my way
1: I mean obviously you couldn't tell the audience yet, but do you guys know the arc of this? Story do you know
13: where you're going to take it? Yeah, I know where we want to take it But also there's some sleight of hand uh, at play here I'm an amateur magician uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I I recognize misdirection when I see it and if you watch the pilot which is a premise pilot I mean it's got a plot in it self-contained plot, but nonetheless it sets out our stall You might be forgiven for things thinking that the series will be about finding out which world is real. Mm-hmm. But our plan is you get so invested in my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my son that, like me, like the character, you don't want either to go away. And what you enjoy, what you're entertained by and provoked by, is the journey. Right. And the journey is whats is what we're on, and it's not about the destination.
1: And it really is, like, all... Alternate universes, even if he's invented it, these yeah. these things are both places are treated like a reality. Not there's not oh, one yeah. that's having like dream reality where no, although do, happen- some
13: some crazy shit does start happening down yeah. the pipe. And what happened was as we found our feet, you know, we stopped. I solve crimes because I, I unconsciously pick up things uh, or subconsciously pick them up as a detective. And in the other world, they're made manifest. So anytime I'm in a situation, as as Brit, I'm thinking, am I making this up? Because is, is this really happening? How does it tally? So right. to the other world, but it 's also true that further down the pike, the writers really began to find their feet and uh, and let and let fly in and, and uh i don 't want to give anything away, but it becomes a much more of a head trip further down the line for me uh,
1: detective work and acting i guess is somewhat similar i mean you 're going through looking
13: for stuff, you're uncovering that, yeah, yeah that
1: most people um wouldn't wouldn 't take the time to do
13: well it 's observation it 's one of the things that um, one of the things that's nice for me about having worn that silly blonde wig in the Harry Potter films is that I'm still anonymous. I, I still walk around and observe people. I listen to people. I, you know, I walk around with headphones on. I probably give my secret away here. Now, most of the time I'm not playing anything. It's because I like to eavesdrop. And, uh, detectives are all about picking up little signals. Uh, what I found interesting when I went out with the detectives in, in uh, Los Angeles and they were interviewing people, is they left, we don't do it on TV, but they left very long pauses, much like documentary makers or reporters do, because it's in those pauses that people feel inclined to fill in. Mm-hmm. People, people find those social pauses awkward, and so they fill in as those bits of information that they probably weren't willing to volunteer normally. And, uh, and that's something I tried to do in the show, and then obviously that gets in the editing room and they get cut straight out. But <laughs> but it's one of the skills that uh, they have that I found interesting.
1: And you hadn't known that before you went in and actually were with these
13: guys. Well, I'd watch TV, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the dangers of making a television show, uh, is that people, writers, think they know what policemen do from watching other TV shows. Uh, and... and A television show about cops, and you go and spend time with cops, and you go, well, they look a bit like the cops I see on TV, but they don't actually behave anything like that. For instance, you wouldn't know about uh, detectives that uh, everything they're thinking about from the very first second that they come across a crime is, how would I get a conviction? because mm. they know what the law is so when they interview people when they gather information first of all they lie they're very happy when they're not on the record they will lie to people to get them to say anything it's mm. only when they're on the record and taking the statement it's not you know there's nothing illegal about it but you can say anything you want to people uh you can promise them anything but once you go on the record it's a different thing you need statements that can be backed up you need to gather evidence in a way that will stand up in court and then they need to perform in court like actors yeah. all the time their case will be ripped to shreds and so I wouldn't have known any of that. I I thought it was all about catching people and making them confess, and that's really just a fraction of what they do.
1: You know, I did Grand Jury for a month in Manhattan last year. Was it interesting? The funniest thing about it is, like, right from the beginning... I guess because I've seen so much TV and movies, like people come up and I'm like, oh, this guy's good. This guy has <laughs> really got it down. Yeah. And I have to keep telling myself, this is not a performance. This yeah. is real life. You've just seen too much Law and Order.
13: But it is a performance. A yeah. of, I mean, but what I found with the cops as well were the real ones who are out with them and they get someone, they know they've done it. And the guy knows that you know that he's done it and he goes, yeah. prove it. Prove it, because they know what the law is, and they know that you need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt and that how difficult it's going to be to get people to either give, be a witness or to gather forensic evidence. And so it's often not about getting a confession or finding out who did it. It's about how can I lock this person up?
1: Right. Way. And, uh, well, to go back to the court thing, the New York detectives. There's one thing when you would see street cops, but when detectives came in, there was nothing for the jury to do. I mean, it, it right, was... Right. Finished These guys were really
13: good on a couple of different levels. Well, you only have to have your cases thrown out a few times to right. realize that if you don't prepare and perform in court appropriately, then all of your work's a waste of time. Mm. So, one of the things that I know drove the producers mad, I apologize now, is that it, to them, not to the audience, is that people carry a big file. Detect- homicide detectives are not generally at the scene until someone's already dead. And they take this big file, it's like a giant leather file, and they write everything down because they're going to have to give these notes in. And they can't, if people, if they do it from memory, uh, a defense attorney will just make mincemeat of them. So Mm -hmm. they have to write everything down all the time. So, And I know the producers and directors said to me, do you have to have that file? And we have this great technical advisor on the show who was a homicide cop for a long time. And he told me when I would have it and when I wouldn't. And I would always make sure I had it. And I would always make sure I was writing stuff down. And uh, they tried to cut around it, but I didn't give them a choice.
1: So when you're building a character like that, are you thinking, like, from the outside in, or do you work from the inside out? Where do you start to know when... you? you feel like you you've got them
13: well you know the thing about acting is it's actually a very simple job it's just hard to do you just have to try and be that person in that situation Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh and with the things that they want need feel hope fear so you just try and you try and build all the internal pieces and the stuff that you see from the outside it might not none of it might even be visible from the outside or it might be just the tip of the iceberg so when you say something some people think acting is saying the words and for everything that i say in life and and anyone listening i'm sure it's the same there's a thousand things i was going to say but didn't i'm forming things i'm juggling around from all of my ideas and history and preconceptions working out what to say when to interrupt someone um a very well-known playwright in england once said to me if my characters ever express themselves perfectly they'd stop talking so we i'm still continuing to ramble on now because i haven't really quite managed to communicate what i want so i do all that internal work and then you know all great stories start from a what if and this is what if you didn't know if your dreams were real right what if you didn't know you were dreaming when it felt like real life and, and uh and that's you know i think we've all done that i, I don't know about you i wake up sometimes and some shit's happening to my dreams and i blame and judge people in real life for it like, you know I, sure. treat, I treat my wife really badly because yeah. she was doing God knows what I can't describe in (laughs) my dreams. And she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't even there. Uh, And this guy, you know, it's he it's nonstop for him.
1: Well the beauty too of the pilot episode is by the end of it he's saying, I don't want this to end. I want to keep both these realities. I need both these realities, and you totally get it. As a man, you're watching, and you're like, of course he can't pick one. This would, you know, this yeah. is a Sophie's story. Imagine choice.
13: someone lining up, exactly, your wife and your kid with guns and going to choose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but what we do is we play with that. He starts off as a guy who says, absolutely, this is the only way I can live my life. It's fine for me. I have my wife and I have my son. Well, no one buys a ticket to watch the village of the happy people, so right. we, you know we give him a whole bunch of shit, and it, things get very, very tricky for him in a very entertaining way, hopefully. And his world begins to fray, and uh, sometimes it's not easy to cope. And there are times where that is no longer the case. He would really dearly like to know which is which because he might need to. And we, we look. Howard wrote twenty-four. Kiefer was never going home and his kids were playing happily on the lawn and the president was throwing a baseball. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens that, that uh, puts me in peril and, uh, and puts me up against it. And so sometimes I may have to give up one of the worlds. What do you do too? like, we're talking about character work,
1: but obviously if you stay with the series, the character has to change. Unlike mm-hmm. a film
13: yeah. where, you,
1: you know, the change takes place in the, an hour, an and, hour and, and a half of film, exactly. uh, you know, you could
13: be going years here. Well, that's one of the great joys, I think, of doing television. You know, I've, I've done one long series before I did Brotherhood for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. Films' questions are asked and they're answered within an hour and a half, normally only for the main character. And what you can do uh, in a, in a, on a TV series, more like a novel, is you can really explore the full richness of human behavior. And and I, for instance, you know, I was just on the phone to my kids outside here. I'm a very different person on the phone to them than I am talking to you and the right. audience at home. And, uh, and and the point of storytelling, apart from engaging and entertaining, and I guess selling advertising space, depending on where you are, for me, the point of being in the storytelling business is to illuminate the human condition and show us all ourselves in a way that makes us feel connected. And so, uh, I like the long form. So, where can where can we take him? Out? There's some very talented writers and talented directors, and and all that matters to me is we continue to take him in human directions, and that we make it entertaining and engaging, and and uh, and. Believable so that you can see some part of yourself in him imaginatively uh, for as long as we can what made you uh, Decide that you wanted to act did you know it at a young age or no. I you know I still don't know what I'm gonna do when I grow up. Yeah, I, just, still. I, I stumbled blindly I was I was at college and uh, I was drunk and, uh, I was out of, I was a fish out of water. Everyone else seemed older, more confident, richer, and just in every way more a citizen in the world. I felt like a, a child adrift. And so I drank copiously and I was wandering around this building where, uh, there was like freshers week and they were just stealing money from new students for, <laughs> to join clubs that would never reappear. And there was a, a sign on a wall that said, can you do a Northern accent? And I'm from Liverpool, originally, and so that was my natural accent, and I thought, fuck, there's something I can do. And I wandered into this room, and it was a play, and I auditioned for it, and it was an an obscene passage. But I was so drunk, I had no inhibitions, and they cast me, and, uh... All of a sudden, I came to twenty five years later talking to you i, I don 't quite know what happened, but I just fell deep for the process of exploring the human condition and you, you kind of knew it once you got in there once you
1: started to do this I never know, even like...
13: thought about it. I just yeah. did a play, I did another play it went to you know f- art festivals I did another play I was studying law did another one i just I needed more of it. I just needed to keep doing it because I loved it and you know i 'm a slightly obsessive personality i was uh, I was like that about skateboarding you know I can be like that about cupcakes i 'm not careful you know i just i I loved the process. By the way, I think anyone would love the process. You get in a room and you start working out why people do the things they do and what makes us tick and and getting to walk in other people's shoes who are not like yourself. It's a very, very overwhelming and addictive process.
1: And yet most people would think of it of, memorizing lines and you know it's always the people look at it as oh here's the script you say that you want but
13: that do not even look at the lines actually I, I literally don't even look at the lines ever I, I get there on the day and i know what the story is and i understand why my place in the story and what's happening to the character and then i glance at the words and they either sink in or they don't if they don't i often change them i'm a producer on this show i have license to do that even though we have great writers they don't mind because Really great writers know that the story is all, and and it's, you know, if it's not Shakespeare, it's not about the dialogue, it's about what's happening between human beings. And look at what just won the Best uh, best Film Oscar this year. It's a silent film. I mean, dialogue's important, but only as a clue to the 99% of what's going on between people that is unspoken. And just finding that connection over and over and over yeah, well, who are you? What are you doing? What are you doing in any moment? What do you want? You know there's a a great acting teacher I once had said to me in any moment in any good moment on screen on stage certainly if you could freeze time There's two things going on. There's what for your character there's what you hope is about to happen what you're working towards You know what what you dream uh, the next moment could be what you what you hope is going to come out The other person's mouth or what they're going to feel and what you fear might happen the worst so it let's say if I could gonna click my finger now i'm hoping you're looking at me like i'm yoda and i just open <laughs> the secrets of the universe and i'm fearing that you'll look at your blackberry and think when the fuck is this guy gonna <laughs> shut up you know and somewhere between those two is, is what creates drama
1: uh growing up in uh liverpool still must have that beatles thing yeah it's i did be- I was, still in the I shadow
13: up, there was only beatles on my dad's eight track in the car yeah, yeah. that was all i heard growing up
1: isn't that uh, phenomenal after all these years i mean we talk yeah. about the arts but here, are these guys from your neighborhood that
13: just around the corner, actually, John Lennon grew up. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that uh, and you're just around the corner from you know where he yeah, lived. Short, the, the last years of his life. But isn't that the interesting things of here's these kids from this place that changed the world in it all and they
13: still they wrote their output was unbelievable because i have all their albums you know nowadays mm-hmm. you can carry in everything around digitally and something the size of a postage stamp and my kids know half the words already now i've introduced them slowly they're kid-friendly songs but you look at the range of the things that they wrote about and the kind of wisdom way beyond their years yeah. and and drug experience that they were writing about, exactly with four tracks they had as well and the music stands up it's amazing
1: and like you said even lyrically if you just looked at john lennon's lyrics there's no way a young man
13: no. And also, thoughts. who had the balls to write songs about things that seemed so inconsequential? Every song today... My daughter said to me the other day, Dad, why is every song about getting falling in love or falling out of love? And I, th- I said, well, not the Beatles songs, darling. Mm. And they weren't. They could be about to mates. They can be about anything, you know. Uh, awake is the premiere episode tonight
1: and uh it's got everybody talking well listen
13: i hope people give it a try because what it is 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 bob greenblatt who runs nbc now swinging for the trees you know he ran showtime and was supervised all those great shows that put showtime on the map and and there aren't shows like this on tv general network tv and some some critics who have said to me We love your show, but I think it's too smart for the American audience. And I think that's an insult. I think American audiences are really smart and able to, not only able to follow, but able to engage with complex stories. And I hope they give it a shot, because people who give it a shot generally have liked it. Um, And it's amazing, some of the great actors
1: doing... Particularly Showtime TV now Cheetah was just in here right. a little while ago and William Ace Macy's on there just- We've
13: got Cherry Jones who won an Emmy for playing the president in 24. She plays the therapist She never gets out of the chair. She does yeah. a day every two weeks in our show I mean just I'm surrounded by I'll tell you who's gonna surprise people actually Wilma Valderrama's in our show and uh, Wilma people know mostly as being goofy sitcom yeah. actor and he's phenomenal. I think he's a real heartthrob, but also I think he's got real emotional power. He's got that darkness that people who have spent their life entertaining other people often have if they let it out.
1: It's the interesting thing. I watched that premiere episode, and I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. Never even yeah. made the connection. You wouldn't
13: recognise him, yeah. but he's he's a. And what's great for me, I, you know, because I'm English, as you can hear, I uh, I was offered the part, and I was asked if I want to be a producer, and when I tried to say no to the job, and and uh, there was a kind of extra. Incentive thrown in there. So I was in on the casting early on. And because I'm English, I didn't know any of these people. In, and pretty much everyone in it is incredibly well known in America, has a great pedigree. Mm. So we, I knew there was a young Hispanic detective, for instance. And I said, any of you guys ever heard of this guy, Wilma Valderrama? Mm. And they looked at me, you know, askance. I said, well, I was just on a jury at a film festival at Edinburgh. He's, I think he's, I think he's American. He's a young Hispanic actor. He's fantastic. Mm. Very, very powerful. Very kind of dark. And they looked at me and they went, Wilma Valderrama? <laughs> so yeah, they went, he's a, he's, doesn't he do comedy? And I said, I don't know. I just saw him in a great film. He was fantastic. And so, uh, they said well he'll never do it he's got his own deal he's a big star he's a very prolific producer and he came in for a meeting and we got on incredibly well and he like me and everyone else thought this was a very unique script uh, and decided to jump in and give it a shot and that was true for all the actors because i didn't know who they were uh, and it turns out steve harris who plays my other partner is you know can't walk down the street he was in the practice for nine years yeah. he's emmy nominated and stuff but uh, again he was happy to take a part as a you know a, a, not a giant part because we all wanted to get on board what we thought was very original writing
1: uh, tonight, 10 o'clock in the East, 9 p.m. Central, on NBC. You can check it out if you even want to watch uh, right now. Go to NBC.com/slash awake. Mm. Thanks so much for coming Thanks in, Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations with everything and continue luck. See you next time through.
13: I'll see you next time. Dude, you're a little bitch. I
1: am not. I don't
6: even know
5: why I hang out with you guys. Because you're a piece of shit. I am not a piece of shit. Yeah, but you're a little bitch.
11: Sure are.
6: God damn it, man. I swear you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times,
2: I'm out of here. Let's be undecided, let's take our time. Sooner or later we'll know our mind. We'll be on the outside. together that
1: somewhere a big day coming about a mile away. see uh, a Fez show and a very uh, we had a lot of guests in here today in between looking at horrific oh. <laughs> horrific <laughs> pictures which we could not the tapout pictures we couldn't do. Uh, it's really horrible that none of us can pull that off. That they're horrifying, you just man. just it up. I, when I, had I wasn't to. It was, ready. It was on the open window. I, I know, but I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. The hand exploded. Hand. It's like Chuck meat. Oh, it's terrible. Damn. That's the problem with the human body. It's just meat. You roll that up into a pack. I mean, I mean, we talk about meat like it's not a being, like it's just something else. Like, oh, that's nothing but meat hanging. But just imagine. You could easily walk through Chinatown and see human bodies hanging there because it's just meat. That's all you are. You're, th- you're, you're like a little thinking thing surrounded by bone and meat.
3: Oh, I hate this meat I'm surrounded in. That's the problem with it. It doesn't even taste good. Well, maybe it does. i never had it. Yet. I bet
1: it's delicious. And we yeah, try let's, some. Let's kill someone. Eat them. You, eating you would like be eating something soaked in beer. It would be like <laughs> smoked meat that has been soaked in ale. Wow, he's marbled. <laughs> oh, delicious. It's a little ashy. Mmm. It's like smoky taste. It's <laughs> just. Oh. Still tasting. Still tasting a uh, Hicks from earlier today. Sometimes, I don't know, there's smoked fish things. Like, three days later, you can still taste it. Like, you'll burp, and you'll be like... "Mm."
3: Shouldn't that have been fucking shit out by now?
1: (laughs) That should be over. Um, All right, so we had Jason Isaacs with the big uh, Awake tonight. Uh, Coming up later on in the show, uh, Burt Reynolds is stopping in. After that, we've got... uh, Shit. (laughs) I got some prep together. Burt, how... I don't know, you know, I say it as a joke, but he could easily walk in here.
3: He could do a running like,
1: hey, it's Burt Reynolds. Hey, it's Burt Reynolds, everybody. I don't even want to make a big deal out of this. It looks like I'm gonna be doing the the movie with Cheadle, though. It what? looks like he has a part for me in this. Fuck, he goes That's amazing. because we were getting into the Miles Davis talk, and on the way out, he's like. Dude, that connection we had about Miles Davis, he goes, I don't get that. He goes, I got an idea for a scene in, in the film if we get to do it with you. Oh, my
3: God. What's the scene? like? The,
1: I guess I would be Miles Davis. That's all I can figure out. I would be like the perfect Miles Davis. That's so weird. Miles Davis is back. And this time he's white. And he's not fucking around. White Miles Davis. <laughs> My idea is to be White Miles Davis, and instead of playing a trumpet, I just smoke a cigar.
6: It's going to make it pretty hard to solo, I would assume.
1: Why do you got to go negative about everything? God, Zito. I'm sorry. Are you trying to do to me what you did to Fez? No, I didn't. Uh, I hope Fez is okay. All right. Ross in Chicago. Go ahead, buddy. Hey.
0: What's up, Ronnie?
1: I'm doing the show. What what can I do for you, Ross? I can't you can't bother me here unless you got something to talk about.
0: <laughs>
5: you know what? Uh, that was a great interview you just did. Sounds like a great show.
1: So whatever um, Ross. I mean that's the thing. I mean I don't sit and judge you. Let me just keep doing my shit.
5: All right? <laughs> hey. No, I just wanna tell you if you like shows about alternate universes you should watch Fringe.
1: Um, no, I don't I Try to give Fringe one try, then other people tell me that they loved it, and other people said they hated it. If I'm not on right away with a TV show, I'm I'm normally not going to do it. Uh, Dal, you're on Runa Fez.
5: What's up, Ronnie? Hey, I was curious, man, after hearing. Now, I didn't see the new show, but just going by your description, it kind of sounds a little bit like the original Life on Mars-esque.
1: Well, first of all, that show was so goddamn brilliant.
5: It was, it was fucking brilliant, and I loved it only because of you. You know, I only watched it because you told me, and I, I just couldn't get enough, man. And, you know, I
1: never got around to watching the 80s show,
3: the Ashes to Ashes. I call it I the first couple episodes Wasn't didn't hold me like that. I got people I still begging me to see it.
5: Yeah, I, didn't see, I don't know if it's on DVD, Ryan. I looked on Netflix. It's still not available, so I didn't see it either.
1: But, yeah, it does have a little bit of that life on Mars, like, what exactly
14: right, is going on thinking. here?
1: And I really thought, I mean, he kind of gave it away that one of the places isn't real.
14: Oh, he did. you yeah, right. He kind you're of gave right, it away
1: <laughs> like that he's inventing one.
5: And weird because he was pissed they showed it online first. So, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, and then you're turning around and you're just telling us. By the way, he was a really together fucking dude. I yeah, really yeah, Fuck cool. yeah. He's he was awesome. awesome. Thanks, right. Peace. Please and go. you watched the
6: Brotherhood show, huh? Yeah. Mainly only because it was, took place in Rhode Island. <laughs> it was shot in Rhode Island. What was it about? It was about these two brothers on, on, either, side of the lo- uh, on either side of the
1: law. One and was Lip like- was one of them? No, no. That was in here or this guy? This guy. Well, why did you say when I said Lip was good and you're like, I loved him, but mainly from Brotherhood. Oh, I must
6: have misheard you. I thought we were talking about the same.
1: But you ever notice like with, with, with Zeetz, he'll like, I'm going to give you a little poison pill and it'll probably explain in your, it'll explode in your heart later. Here you go. Here's for your chest to explode. There you go. Um, here's uh, Blackheart. You're on the run of Fez show.
5: Brown, how you doing? Good, man. Zito.
1: Yes, Blackheart.
5: Hey, I just want to let you know, you know Fez is my boy. I find it's out true. you put too much stress on him. We got crosshairs on you, son.
1: What are you, are you? The thing is, if somebody's going to assassinate you, Zito, there's nothing you can do about it. That's yes, true. You but... will not even hear the fucking gun go off. It'll just be over. Lights ogre. out. Lights you out. know, you Don't
6: can... stop believing and start playing.
1: You know, I don't know why you get the balls to come out and blame us on the Sopranos after what we went through today and everything that's happened. You're kind of disgusting to me right now. Guess who just texted me, Cheadle.
3: What? What's Cheadle got to say?
1: We're just really doing scene work right now. Already? Yeah. Via text? What do you mean already? He's already had it written. There's already a part that's fucking perfect for me. Um, Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show.
5: Yeah, hey, um, that, that, that actor just got in and played a phenomenal bad okay. guy in Brotherhood. He played, uh, he would got out of prison, and he was the he was the black sheep of the family. He was just stirring up all kinds of shit that, that make the plot go.
1: Well, he's always been the bad guy. This is the first time, you know, remember, I don't know if you guys remember The Patriot with Mel yeah, Gibson, but yeah. he was awful in that. And then you, yeah. you meet him, and you're like, here's the weird thing about film. You're like... When you see Buddy and you don't know who he is, you're like, that's an awful fucking person. Scumbag. You know, he's just a terrible person. And then when you meet him and you find out he's not a terrible person, then you're like, well, what is film? Just a fucking lie? And then you're like, no, it's an illusion. My mind gets bored. Or the grand illusion, if I'm going to quote Sticks, and I should. Definitely. <sighs> so much stuff up on the bank today. We fucking pussied out. And never even made it through all the stuff, but um
6: number one just haunts me. I don't even know what it is. I just
1: assume that it's only getting worse from... All right, where's the last one we were at? Because I didn't want us or, to no, finish. we were four. We were four. Uh, if you go up on the iBang, the title is uh, Not Safe for Weak Stomachs, 14 graphic, non-deadly injuries. All these people lived.
3: They're still walking around or wheelchair. I don't know if all of them were walking around. Yeah. Why would they want to live?
1: Why would they take a picture of it? My hands are killing me from that fucking thing. That's fucking me up. Because Does... by the way, I got my fucking fingers crushed before. Jesus Christ. Crushed. My hand
3: was crushed. Good God. Thank God it wasn't a fucking firecracker. Cause... Fuck. How the hell that happened? Um it
1: was on a loading dock. Do you ever see those, like those belts that run, and then there's like the uh, rollers on each side? Yeah, mm-hmm. So I've been out all night long the night before, and thought, a little bit of speed will get me going." So oh. I'm hungover, <laughs> still drunk, and the speed's speed, kicking in, and I'm going too fast on it, and my fingers went down and went right through those oh. fucking rollers, and stopped the whole belt, and the belt goes throughout this whole warehouse, and it's just. Psh, and I'm like, I couldn't get it out. And I'm fucking sitting there, and like, it's like, my hand is crushed, so it's just kind of numb. Like, I'm not in pain, feel like but I'm in, uh, yeah, it's just like it had shut off. It was like an awful weight being on it. So they're trying to, like, get me out of it and stuff. And I'm talking, I'm like, the guy said, this has never happened before. I go, fucking tell me that there's no way to take these rollers out. Of course this happens. Yeah,
3: it's a big guy built. It could be fucking...
1: They finally fucking get this roller off. I take my hand out of it. And oh. by the way, why this is all happening, I kind of felt like myself sweating, like my body was getting hot, yeah. you know, but I'm like, no, I'm really doing great. I'm not in any real pain. So I take it out and I see that my entire, all my fingers are flat. Oh. What? They're just flat like a paper. Oh. While that it's happening, all of a sudden I just watched them just go, just get really huge, you know. And while that was happening, I started to get like very fucking lightheaded, like, hey, I think I need a drink, and I think I'm late. and I was like they're like talking to me, but i can't quite focus. So I go over to the hospital, no bones were broken, but all the nerves were fucked up.
3: Really? How the hell yeah. did you get how without broken bones? Here's the other
1: thing that happened, and because of this I've never done it. The doctor said this does happen in industry all the time If you were wearing a, a ring And you hit those rollers Your finger, it would have turned into like a guillotine And your finger would have shot across the fucking room That the ring itself Would have went down and crushed And became like a little sword Cut off your ring finger and off it went uh, And he goes, I always tell people Never wear a ring oh I've never, never felt comfortable With a ring on since then
3: Good, good Don't wear them I didn't know they were so fucking dangerous.
1: I should have put a picture of that up on this uh, thing <laughs> on the iBang. Um, let's go over here to Sean. Sean, your manifest. Hey
5: Ronnie. Um, I'm a treatment plant operator, and uh, you know those treatment plants—they run on blowers. Oh, yeah, sure. And I—I watched this blower turn off one day, and I know I got 15 minutes to fuck with it. I reach over to check and see if the belts are tight, and that motherfucker turned right back on. It spun my finger off four places, 580 degrees, and then I had to walk a quarter mile for help. It was, I was 35 when it happened, dude. It was fucking terrible. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's just awful. So you just live without a finger now?
5: Yes, sir. Uzi Poo on Twitter.
1: Fingerless guy. Alright, Uzipoo and if anybody ever wants to talk to a fingerless guy, <laughs> uh, it's pool on Twitter.
3: Uzipoo he's only got you nine. know,
1: ask him anything. As they say over on
5: Reddit, you can
1: ask him anything. Um, Josh, you're on a Yeah. How are we going
5: Ronnie? Good, buddy. Yeah, I got uh, some pictures of what my dad had a Chainsaw ran it through his knee, and then I got pictures of uh, I ran a quarter-inch drill bit through my
1: hand one day. You know, my aunt, and she was like 65 minimum. She might even have been 70. And she's kind of the gym teacher type of aunt, if you know where I'm going with this. (laughs) So she's using a chainsaw after a storm. It hits her arm. She's like, you know, she just fucking gets fucking around with it. And it just brushed against her arm. Here's the bad thing about a chainsaw. It's not like a nice slice, like a knife is. It's It's a tearing thing. So it's pulling out pieces all over. Never fucking run a chainsaw through your arm. And like she had like older (laughs) skin at the time anyway. So So I'm just like, and they're like, would you take her over to the hospital? I go, no. You don't fucking understand. I like to keep my car nice. Blood everywhere. I don't need her pieces. <laughs> I call the pieces of snooky. <laughs> there are pieces of snooky. No, there's two. On my front seat. So she bled to death. Right she in our driveway. Begging for help. But your car was still clean. My car is clean as a fucking whistle. You could fucking eat off the engine. You win some, you lose some. Huh? I don't see how I lost anything. Alright, you wanna finish this uh thing? Not not particularly, but okay.
6: <laughs> Alright, All right. uh oh that's not as bad as the hand. What what happened to him
1: though? Looks like a it's like a shoulder. It's like
6: a mon like a monster that would talk. Like it's got a like a mouth.
1: No but this does take you back. Could you be a nurse? Could you no. clean that wound? No. No, no, no.
3: No, it's say much. Definitely your fault.
1: not. Alright, ready for two? I would actually say to him I think you're gonna die. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh Oh. What is that? That's just a lady with some really fucked up looking skin. But why? Why didn't she put a shirt on? Looks like burned.
6: Holy shit, it really looks like she's wearing leather pants.
1: Oh. It's Jim (laughs) Morrison. Yes, he's
13: alive.
6: No, that's not that bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Look how the legs broke. Uh, I know, uh, but that's... That, that's the bone broken. I understand, like, that hurts and all, but the blood and guts shit is way worse. Oh, I no, think. no, no.
1: Look at the pain on his fucking face.
6: He, You're fucking crazy, dude. No, I mean, this looks horrible. But but in terms of things... That you are can see the bone sticking up to the fucking sock.
1: Ankle looks like he, it has a hinge. Uh, going the wrong way.
6: No. Oh, God, number one looks disgusting. I don't
1: even want to scroll down to that shit.
6: Do it.
3: We have to
1: look at the ear, dude. Just look at the
3: ear part of it.
2: Oh! Oh! <laughs>
1: Tap. I'm tapping.
3: It's like Pac-Man.
1: Oh. Okay, it's gone. We should have made our guests look at this today. Hi, uh-huh. Jason. Who can get through the far? We're honestly four guys that couldn't make it through medical school. Oh, we no. could not make it through medical school. No, no thanks. thanks. Oh god. It's a freak show. Oh, oh, God.
2: Oh, my God. Ooh. Okay, well. Um, oh.
3: Kind of want to vomit.
1: There's a lot of people who uh, really don't even have the balls to look at this, and I don't blame them. They've made better choices in their life than I have in mine. Hold on. There's somebody on that, a commenter called The Other Liz right now. Oh. That says a warning to Fred, physical comedy can often lead to tragedy. Well, that is no Liz Sets Fire, that's for sure. No. Liz Sets Fire would never say something like that. Oh, God. And people write stuff like I'm starving right now. I'm sorry, you're not human then. Poolkeeper Sunset House is the best doctor ever. Mm Mm-mm. Just because he writes on glass doesn't make him a great doctor. By the way, House is done after this year, is that right?
3: Yeah, yep. he's uh, he's out.
1: I thought the the drug addict angle of him was just phenomenal. Right. uh, we got this other piece up here. What's the name of it? What's it listed under?
6: Uh, birthday girl
1: knocked out or needy attention princess? All right, so you can go either way with it. Mm. I like the idea that I like the idea that it's an either or. You know? Yes. It's like, you decide. If I was like making a movie, I would just constantly stop and go, you decide. What do you think happened here? Because it's all fake anyway.
6: <laughs> we have writers. That guy's not really dead. See? Look, hey. You
1: can wait. Um, Now, a lot of people sent this one in, and Zitz was totally the last person. Yep. After it even been turned down for a while Because I thought it was A work You were saying shoot
6: I think it's a shoot I think the girls in this Because there's a couple things that point to work But I think they can all easily be explained
1: Alright let's take a look at this This is a birthday video Let's put it in
6: Recording Megan's 16th birthday 3, She's 16.
2: Happy birthday
1: Now her friend smashed her face Megan, into the cake,
2: <laughs>
1: and now she's staying in the cake. Apparently knocked out.
2: Megan, stop! Megan, come on! him up, guys! Oh fuck! Megan, come on, see.
1: So Megan, you saw Megan. what happened. Megan. Uh, Hicks, do you think oh, she's God. actually knocked out from this? No,
3: ball. she's fucking. She's acting. This is a viral video campaign.
1: For what? Birthday candles? People just love to go viral. Yeah. They love to go viral. And there are people that lay in their bed in the morning going, I gotta fucking go viral. I gotta get get something with a million hits. How can I be viral? And I think these little, excuse me, I gotta use a bad word here, hooers.
3: They are sluttish.
1: Quote, unquote, hooers have hooed themselves out to get on the internets.
3: I don't think that's the case at
8: all. I think it's real. You know what? It looks like they set it up to be fake, but the way she smashed her head looked like maybe she did it too hard and she actually did knock her out for All me.
1: right. Then why would her friends leave her face in the cake? Well, cause because
6: it's they. And then start eating
1: the cake. I think she thought, oh, yeah, one of them does eat a little piece of cake throughout the video. That's a fucking problem. Also, I don't. I think she has control over her shoulders. Look at muscle control. Wait, why am I talking to you guys? The only person who's going to understand this is jason isaacs or maybe fred who understands the world of acting a little bit oh. and i hope you learned a lot about acting today i did for me and jason so much we fucking laid it out for you no nope. okay so if you're not a success now fred it's 100 percent your fault don't blame anyone else you're the fuck up now fred because we gave you the fucking keys of the kingdom People point out that she takes a breath before she goes down. I don't think she does. I didn't even see that. Let's see that Let's part. let see it again. Slow motion this shit.
3: Slow motion. Thank you. Blowing the candles. out. Here she goes. Blowing. There was a breath though. Megan. Now, but here's the thing.
6: Megan, And also, then they point out that the candles are arranged in such a way that her head would not be impaled
3: by any candle. Her eye. Her eye. They're worried about the eyes. Okay.
6: Now, I'm
1: thinking that, yes... Their fr- the friends Yeah, it was always played- the point of that. What about this, though? What if she was just playing them? She went into opossum mode to make her friends feel bad. Just like if anybody ever throws anything to me, I always act like it went into my eyeball and make them feel like this is a fucking stunt going bad. Maybe, but... I think she plays it too well. She's too dead limp.
6: She's too and, and the way one of the girls says, I, know, Fuck, I, don't, I, I think this is.: real. I think
1: that she is controlling her shoulders and back. and now I know that you won't get it because you don't have the training that Fred has, but Fred will know that when you're unconscious, your body's not going to hold in that point like that. The fact is, when they pulled her up and dropped her, she only let her head go limp, not her shoulders. She's totally in control of her shoulders and back. See? Plus, girls have a tendency to freak the fuck out, and these girls didn't. I don't know, their shoulders look kind of dead there, when when they drop, pick her up and drop her. The audience is voting on this right now. Uh, it's up on the iBang, under Birthday Girl, and it looks like we might have broken the internet a little bit again. Um...
6: I think the girls wanted to pass her head in the cake, but didn't think she'd fucking pass out. And then they say, oh, well, look, she kind of lifts her head up at the end. Yeah, because when you're knocked out, you don't
1: necessarily just go out forever. You become disoriented. Well, you, you can leave it up to the audience. Oh, that's bad. Right now, <laughs> 84% of them think that they and you are total fucking fakes. Uh, here's Tom in New York. You're on Runa Fest.
3: Here's why I think it's fake. If you get to about 45 seconds in, after they lift up her head, before they drop it back in, she literally holds her own head up.
10: If yeah. You
5: check it out. She's controlling the muscles in her head. If she was truly knocked out, her head would have just
0: flopped right back in there. And, she's in and, control.
1: And you never. That's what I was trying to say to him too. You never see her body uh, slump. The back and shoulders have far too much muscle control. Are we at the 43... 43- uh second mark here? Yes. Alright, let's take a watch.
2: Come
1: on. It's only her head that's limp.
6: Yeah, but she's I think the... she's just disoriented there.
1: No. Disoriented isn't being uh knocked out. This is a word for disori-
6: town.
8: You pull your head out and be like, Oh fuck. What's going right, on?
1: Let me just read some of these fake as fuck. Um time for a gangbang. She lifted her head at forty five seconds. The cake screwed Brett. Server juice, server juice. <laughs> Um, very fake, fakety-fake-fake, fake. fake is Zito's heterosexuality. No, oh, okay, no. Hicks could so knock real? Zito out with one punch. Yes. That's true. Would you like to do that one no. time? Oh God, yeah. No. Why, why would I want to do that? That sounds like a terrible idea. How about this for an experiment? Hicks gets to spike Zito's face and a cake. Slam dunk.
3: Let's do it. I'm going to Carvel right now.
1: She ruined a perfectly good cake for a stupid video. Face. Did her shirt say vote for Pedro? This one says fake as Zito's cyst. Okay, the cyst was real.
3: Bullshit ass cyst.
1: Uh, Cigars and Scotch said no way that would knock someone out. If she hit a table without the cake, she would have bruised forehead at most. Broken nose, maybe.
3: And she had the cake to fucking... Mix. Recording. Yeah, the cake is like a pillow. Yeah.
1: Now, let's watch the slam to the... Though. So let's see if they use a wrestling move here.
3: <laughs> she didn't fucking slam her that hard. Jesus.
1: It's like a DDT, almost. This said that's not funny... Now a cream pie—that would be funny. Um, Lake, you're on a fez.
0: Hey Ronnie, she could be out on her feet, like in the U.S.C., You see, sometimes somebody gets knocked out, but physically they appear conscious, but their body tightens up, and you know, any a girl like that could be knocked out by you know, unbelievable.
1: Man, I, I'll tell you, this thing today keeps haunting me about the guy that I see slumped down. Here's what's weird: it was I'm walking up to our building. And these three Asian guys, one of them's older, like in early sixties, and I see him slumping, but against the window as i 'm coming up, oh God, so it was like being in a Hitchcock movie, and his friends were catching him, and he stood back up and he was like smiling and trying to get his shit together, started slumping again. then, after I came in, the security guard came over, and the next thing I know, he was on the fucking floor, just i don 't think anything was happening if he asked me oh good God. Now, I found that after, you know, what I'm going through with Fezzi. Yeah. And they get up here and find out that Opie and Anthony's best friend in the whole world, Breitbart, died?
3: BB, Breitbart, done. 43.
1: 43 years old. Dropped dead.
6: How do you pass away unexpectedly from natural causes? You just.
1: Well, that would be a heart attack. That's natural causes, I guess. Brain yeah. Uh-huh. Could be a brain aneurysm too. They didn't say anything, right?
3: Just natural causes. That's it so far.
1: Jay Lawson's left a uh email for me and said that they were shooting the Cohen Brothers somewhere in my neighborhood, right? Cohen brothers shooting all over town. Yeah. And I saw them the other day. They're doing, a, like, a period piece thing. It looked like the they had, like, a Mad Men thing going on. It's,
3: it's taking place in the 60s. Uh,
1: early 60s. It's supposed to be about the folk move, uh, movement. So I write back, where exactly? I don't hear from her again. Come on. What's so hard? Just give a fuck across the street. Yeah. I don't get it. Are you going underground or something? I don't get it. <sighs> um, Travis, never hey, i manifest
5: I've been kind of knocked out like that. It kind of feels almost like a peyote buzz, like your brain's still there, but your body's just not communicating with it, and you just don't know what the
7: hell you're doing. You know, just you've lost all track of being able to move your hands, legs, arms, that kind of shit.
1: Ugh. Here's the professor hey, in buddy. Rhode Island.
5: Hey, how are you? Yeah. So we have this thing called the International Affective Picture System, which is this big, huge pile of uh, digital photos that's supposed to elicit emotion in people, and we kind of know what it does physiologically on average. So some of the pictures are like horrific, disgusting—you know, severed heads, like the kind of stuff you're looking at—and then some's like pornography to elicit kind of positive emotion. And I, I put on my laptop and went to the cafeteria at my old university to do some work. I didn't realize that I had my laptop set for the screensaver to scroll the pictures. So I'm walking back from getting my coffee refilled, and I see in the distance a severed head photo, followed by you know bloody hand, followed by a naked woman with her vag hanging out. It was the longest 30-foot walk. I didn't want to draw any attention, but I started walking real fast, started to flip the lap. I got over there. It was the most horrifying moment. I'm at a new place now.
1: Okay, the, decap- uh, the decapitated thing. Now, I told you this story before. I'm going to say it again. When I was younger, me and my friends were coming out of a bar in Jersey. Oh God! There was an accident. The guy's fucking head came off. Oh. We were the first car up on it. And there was two cars of us together. Because in those days, you used to have to go over to Jersey and drink, and then back to PA. There was a difference in the Bloods fucking ages. Yeah, and all that you know you could be three years younger to go over a fucking bridge nice all my friends were freaked about it of course haunted them but and this is kind of embarrassing i was so blackout drunk that the next day i didn't even remember the thing <laughs> and they're like what are you fucking saying <laughs> and they're sick girls still crying i couldn't sleep blah blah, blah. It's totally fucked and up. i'm like when I go, what was that? I, I go, what? where was I? And they're like, You were there. We were there before the thing. You were fucking
3: <laughs> We were talking about
1: it. <laughs> you saw that on the ground. <laughs> so like part of me thinks but you know I, uh, It's a fucking weirder time. But then I'm thinking like, well maybe was it so horrific that I just chose not to see it or am I just a fucking drunk sitting there?
6: I I saw a severed head one time, it was fucking disgusting Yeah, it's never going to be good It's awful Why
1: why don't you do what I do and fucking just act like you never saw it And then say to people, what are you talking about? Why are you making a big deal out of this? What?
6: Like it was so out of the norm that I actually circled back I was like, is that a fucking head? Uh,
1: Where did you see that?
6: I I was driving to New York from Rhode Island And there was like a big traffic backup And I drove by this accident site (laughs) It's like a cop just kind of like standing up like this, kind of like looking at what looked a lot like a human head. And I was like, holy shit. I think that's a head. And there was one of those numbers next to it. Like, you know, they like number evidence or something? Like, it's like, oh, fuck. Ugh.
9: It's
1: weird. That's terrible. That's
3: what you get for driving, though. How do you think it happened on the road? Our fucking necks are so weak. Heads are yeah, just flying are. off left and fucking right.
1: Dude, you're basically just fucking put together like a stuffed fucking doll. I had a lot of people are writing in to me about Fez, but um, like um wanting to like know what hospital he's in, I can't give that away. Come on. I don't think he wants to get calls from fucking listeners at the hospital. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but if you do want to write like a... Get well or best wishes. You can put that up on the iBank, I guess, on his. You know,
6: put it up on the not safe for weak stomachs. Well, store. no,
1: put it up on the exclusive interview with Fez Watley thing. Yeah. That's probably not being used right now, you know. I'm sure he's going to be fine, though. Now it's anyone, not like we haven't been through this a fucking dozen now times. Now anyone
6: who goes to that story later is going to see this wonderful story about this guy You know what? Out. You're right. Don't even
1: put it there. <laughs> don't put it there.
6: Get better, Fats.
1: Yeah, don't oh, even put it there. I was just trying oh, God, to do God, something God, nice. God. You're right. You'll um, get through this. It'll get better. Here's Nancy's got something for us. Go ahead, Nancy.
11: Oh, Okay, so I work in the operating room, and a lot okay. of times when people try to off themselves, they take a gun and they put it under their chin. And then then there's like this little moment of hesitation or the kickback from the gun, and they miss, and they just shoot the whole front of their face off. And this gaping wound comes to the operating room for an emergency trach, and they just start like shoving uh, Sponges and gauzes into this, this gaping wound that used to be their face. It is incredible.
1: Never put the gun under, right? You Why no. don't you just put the gun up to your heart and shoot right through your heart? The, or your
11: temple, afraid. or your heart. Why? Exactly. They put it under their chin, and they miss all the time. And different variations of it. Some people just split their skin apart. Some people just shoot the whole front of their face, their jaw, their nose. It's, it, you know, stupid, stupid. And
1: then you're still alive and you've got worse problems than you'll ever could fucking deal with.
7: You
11: know, you know, but face. that's the thing. Then they'll wake up and they'll see what a monster they oh. are now. And they'll think of something better that will really do the job. And that's oh.
1: it. It's cool. All right. I could never be a nurse. Love it. Why? Why Jesus would you lady? love something like that?
11: I don't know. I have no idea why I love the gore.
1: <laughs> you really are. You're like a, a fucking scream kid. Ah!
11: <laughs> it's great. It's great. But you know she what? Also, In all the tragedy, you do get a chance to save a life, help somebody, and that's good.
1: I don't know if it's even worth it. I don't well, know if it's you know, worth
11: it. The, the people that want to kill themselves, no, they're not worth it. But Because those stupid people are taking the bed away from somebody who's maybe dying of cancer or a kid Taking a bed away from a kid You know that's that's serious
1: Okay uh, I guess I don't know If anything, I just feel like if you even get slightly sick you should be put to death I throw myself in front of a subway car <laughs> That's I would go. never do it. I don't want to be all mangled up under a subway car. I've been s- trying to kill myself, suicide by old age, and slowly but surely, Maniacal. I think I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to kill myself by having cookies at every meal. You know what I mean? Just mm, make it tasty. a fucking enjoyable death. Yeah. Snort my way into the afterlife. What is your hurry to kill yourself when killing yourself slow is filled with so many fucking laughs? (laughs)
3: Well, when they're not having the laughs, there's also the shit that, I guess, bums you out enough to want to kill yourself. That's the problem. So you're like, fuck it. I'm going to just put this gun underneath my chin and blow my face off instead. But Dwyer. If I'm going
1: to fucking blow my face off, it's going to be the one and only Jay Giles band doing it for me. Nice. That's the only fucking way. Um all right, Sharon Manifesto.
5: Wouldn't you think if you went to paint the ceiling red and you missed do you think wouldn't you just grab the gun and finish yourself off?
1: You think. Because if you were trying to kill somebody else you'd do that. Hell yeah. You know, like if I shot someone and I just kinda started to blow his face off, then I'd be like, You motherfucker, and I'd <laughs> still just keep
3: shooting. You're still fucking alive?
0: I mean, the pain and everything you go through when you miss,
5: I think you'd rather just end it at that point either way.
3: You might just black out or something. You might just fucking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it seems like it's funny to me.
5: I don't know. Uh, All
1: right. See you. God, this stuff's crazy. Uh, Mike Camden, you're on the Fez.
5: Hey, Ron. I've been unemployed for a couple of years now. And the way you can tell that that, girl, that video is fake is um, she starts out, the one girl starts out saying, I'm recording.
1: I'll say. Yeah, I mean, they just want to record the why. No. Why do you keep 87% of people think this is bullshit, why do you keep it going? I think
6: it is, but also, what did it matter if that guy was, like, unemployed? Like, he's watched a lot of videos over the yeah. past couple years, he knows He's now. unemployed, I he's don't...
1: got nothing else to focus on.
6: Okay, no, I know she says I'm recording, but it's because they want to capture the moment for the beginning of the song. Also, I think the reason her head kind of lifts back up is, because I remember my senior year of high school, there was a serious problem the school had with, uh, the acronym was pooping. It was passing out on purpose, where people would fucking bend down and hold their breath, and they were like, you guys can't do this anymore. They were telling all the freshmen at the time. I think it's that type of thing, where
1: you just briefly lose oxygen, and that's why she's... First of all, the kids who do that are so pussy, they can't get real dope.
6: I didn't understand why anyone would do it. It was it's very For the strange. same
1: reason that you're doing poppers and stuff, it keeps the oxygen out. You get a little buzzy feeling. Off some yeah. fucking gas. Everybody poops. Um, Not like that. There's a cool thing up on the iBank today too. movie cameos by the original author. So you're watching uh, Pet Sematary in '89, and Stephen King just does a cameo. Now, does stuff like you know, does stuff like that pull you out of the movie, or do you think it is cool?
3: I like it. I think it's cool as shit. I like to see them get in a little bit of the, on the fucking screen. Well, here's the second
1: one that uh, a little nurse scene. Is actually in Outsiders is SC Hinton. I didn't know that. And that I've never seen it. That's the one that he's yelling at her, Get out! Yeah. Get out! Here, play that scene a little bit because it's fucking hysterical overacting.
4: I threw it away. I'm going to be so get bad. Out. Just get angry. out. You're
5: making, you're making my stomach sick. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing?
1: When he does hey, that fake laughter. That's you the mean? writer of those novels. It's good
2: to see you guys, man. This place gives me the creeps. Uh
1: the third one up wow. here is uh John Irving in the world according to Garp. <laughs> He's the referee. <laughs> nice. Now he like I guess wrestling's pretty big in New England, huh? Uh, yeah. yes.
6: I I think so. I mean he probably um in certain areas, definitely, for sure. You
1: know the biggest, uh, Iowa's big, uh, Delaware, very, very big.
3: Wrestling, like high, like high school fucking.
1: Yeah, like, uh, yeah, the, the kind yeah. of, well, collegiate too, but the kind of wrestling that you see in the Olympics. All right. The kind of wrestling that Fez has never watched in his life, that Sam has never watched in his life. <laughs> uh, and John Irving was one of those wrestlers. Oh, he grew badass. up that way, but I think Iowa was the number one place.
3: They all just come out of there, just yeah. constantly fucking wrestling. You can
1: see, like, he definitely knows the
6: sport because he's like really in there, like a referee would. Be. Like, I know he's acting, but it, it, he looks like a real referee the way he gets well, in there and stuff like that. I
1: think that he's actually worked as a wrestling coach, like part time, even though he's like a famous writer. Huh, that's cool. he just likes being around, or. Working out with kids. Like, come on, I'll fucking wrestle you, bitch. Let's get on the ground. I think you'd get, you know, I I think you'd worry about it. Being around kids and run, rolling around on the ground with and them. And grabbing them and holding them. I was just in this conversation with a friend of mine in my neighborhood where he says that he hates, uh, we've got like a playground like about a block over, he said he hates walking by it by himself because he doesn't want to get accused.
3: He better not look to the left or right, looking into the fucking thing.
1: And there's, like, some fucking park benches there, and he never sits there. He says, he would never be able to sit, because, like, like, little kid could just accuse you of something. I'm like, you seem too dangerous. Like, your worry alone makes me fucking think you're guilty.
3: Uh, there's might be a thought or two that shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, J-Dubbs, Dubs, is in Atlanta, by the way. Somebody asked about j Dubs. Not too long ago. He was a great on-air personality. Now he's working off air. And saying he's liking it.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it's a waste of talent because the fucking guy's great. Uh, but he can't be left in a room with a child. And we would do it to him all the time. Like if a little kid would come in, we would walk into the other room. Here's his thing. So he can't be left alone with a, a child and looking at mayonnaise makes them throw up. Oh,
3: mayonnaise is great. And I'm
1: like, you got... Someone came in your face when you are a little kid. You just don't remember it.
6: Like, looking at mayonnaise in a jar, just mayonnaise out... Anywhere.
1: The- if you fucking... If someone just has mayonnaise out, he claims he can smell it and he'll start gagging.
6: So he reacts to mayonnaise like we did to that article, basically.
1: Yes. like, he's grocery the- shopping. Uh, but, potatoes. here's the thing. In my case, this never happened to me. I never was molested. Zeet's... I guess it's molesting, but he liked it.
3: I wasn't when, you couldn't get enough of it. Well, I
1: thought you were. No, no.
3: He was like, Keep molesting me, I need it. What
1: the fuck am I thinking of then?
3: I don't know. I are you, do you we didn't have we never had a
6: conversation about me being molested. Uh, so you didn't the help. The molestation. No, it just it never happened.
1: The, oh, the writer from the help. Oh look at her. Uh was in there. Okay. So somebody writes in here, Stanley does a cameo in every Marvel movie release. Well, if you look at the top of this, it's called Arthurs, not comic book writers.
6: The only one I remember is um, the guy from The Pursuit of Happiness, Chris Gardner.
1: I don't know who he is.
6: Uh, Do you remember the Will Smith movie, though, The Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah. he's like the guy the movie's based on who wrote the the books and he like walks by them at the end and it's like what's up I
3: despise
1: that thing well Hunter Thompson was in that movie remember
3: yeah yeah he was in Fear and Loathing and Bukowski was in Barfly but does that count because it was a book it was a movie based on just his life not or was a specific book I'm going to say it does matter yeah he was just he was in the order of fucking High Life at the bar
1: you really think you are Bukowski don't you
3: that'd be great just getting fucking hammered. Going to the track.
1: Um, but it's really weird. The weird thing is, some of these people, like Hunter or Bukowski, you're going to recognize because you know them, but that's the hint, and I would never known what she looked like, so that was fucking lost on me. Um, Pat, you're a Yeah, uh,
7: Peter Benchley was a reporter in Jaws. Yeah. When everything was going nuts.
1: Um, I did not even know that. I didn't know that he yeah, was in that. I will say this. I wish I would have written fucking Jaws. Hell yeah. Um, John, you're on Runa
7: Hey, Ron. Uh, there's a cameo that I like uh, in the movie version of uh, Tom Wolfe's book, The Right Stuff. Uh, Sam Shepard plays uh, Chuck Yeager, and there's a scene where uh, Sam Shepard playing Chuck Yeager goes into a bar to have a drink. And the guy who serves him the drink is the actual Chuck Yeager. I don't know if that fits. But, that doesn't uh,
1: fit because he's not the author. But that is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, let's go over here, Mark in Chicago. You're on, Fez.
5: Hey, Ron. Um, the guy that wrote Eight Men Out his name's Elliot Athanoff. He was in the movie um, Eight Men Out. He was uh, early on in the film. He was uh, heckling uh, Joe Jackson from third base. Now you know, I wonder
1: why they do that.
5: And maybe hey, it it's because the good. author
1: is just on the set and they're like, hey, this would be kind of funny. Jump in. Um, I think I'd ask if I was the author. Like, can I be in it? Yeah, because like, a lot of authors are like, I, I, they, they get freaked out because the movies are very rarely like the book and they end up hating them. Yeah, movie. they want
3: nothing to do with it. They just want the fucking. They probably just regret even selling the fucking story.
1: Yeah, because they do it for money, but then they're like, I've written something perfect and now you're fucking changing it?
3: You're destroying it. By the way, when
1: we were hearing that story today with Don Cheeto and the guy said to him, if I can get one of these other actors, I'm going to do it with them and not you. That kind of fucking broke my heart a little bit.
3: I was thinking, this this, this is so sad.
1: It <laughs> is, right? This is yeah, it was up. a real bummer, especially it's... how Cheeto was
6: like, you know, and I was going to call him and, and make sure it happened because the story was so good. And I was just like, oh, oh he's a that's like the guy that's person. like, I want the girl shoot. I like to be happy. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Of
1: just like, I just want to make sure now, it works I remember it out. Ken Kesey has never said he's never seen the movie won't flow over the cuckoo's nest oh, yeah. and that fucking movie won the academy award and all the actors in it won It won all four of the majors and they said you got to be kidding me you've never seen the film and he goes it's like somebody saying why don't you come over here and watch me watch you raping your kid it would be the fuck. same way fuck You just can't look at it i wouldn't want to look at that um Wes, you're fence. You take it too yeah. literal. Oh. I think he would. Yeah. I'll stop it. <laughs> Wait, what? No. Go ahead, Wes.
5: Uh, one of my favorite uh, cameos is at the end of Deliverance, James Dickey is the sheriff that kind of warns them there at the end. They need to steer clear of this area. All
1: right. This uh, is another one I had no idea of. No idea at all that that was in there.
5: Yep. That's him at the end.
1: All right. Now I feel like i got to go back and watch that. It's weird, I still haven't heard from Fez.
6: Mm. Don Cheadle knew her.
1: You know what? Don't be joking. This is why people get upset when you're just acting like, you, when I'm being like concerned about Fez, and you're like, oh,
3: this is a good time for me to go to a, for a joke. There's no concern ever in this kid's life. Why? I don't know, he just doesn't give a shit. If maybe he was having heart problems and he was in the fucking hospital, then he might have a fucking give a fuck. But right now, no, he's just having fun. Well we're all very worried about Fez. Hmm. Um now who's on the thing today? D the P Dan Perlman. I just
1: write what he write what he said the guy from uh Mike from Jersey. Oh he changed it. <laughs> what did it say? He said the guy who wrote poondock Saints. Oh
8: <laughs> D P. I told him, was he asking about the adult version of the
6: movie?
1: Or? Why are you correcting in there when I'm trying to have some online fun? I was correct. Sorry. Honor.
6: Boondock Saints.
1: <laughs> Do me a favor and see if Jules has heard from, from Fez. Uh, just
8: now. Still just waiting. now? Go in. Yes.
1: Still run wait. me in a note.
6: Run him in a note.
1: Okay. <laughs> what do you think that you gotta say? What I just say he's, he's, said exactly the same. Am he I saying confused. in fucking
6: Spanish? He looked very confused. I think he was in the process of turning on
1: and off his mic. By the way, went. the the problem that he has knowing how to give signals is unbelievable too.
3: Yeah, i, I had a, I had a talk with him,
1: and I'm like, "Hey, are we okay?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I know that the guy's standing at the door trying to get in. Yeah, he's got. A- I noticed that you put the thing up there. Why were the shade guys looking in here?
6: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, they, they were just talking and then Sway was whispering stuff to his friend, but mainly I did that because I didn't want that to keep happening during the interview. Thanks. I so said, pull the shade on shade. So I like to said.
1: say. Uh, Greg, you're on my face. Hey, guys. Uh, I
5: just wanted to add that, uh. Hubert Selby Jr., the author of Requiem Reck- for a Dream, was uh, one of the weird laughing prison guards way at the end of the movie when they're all messed up in Florida or wherever they are.
3: And that weird montage. Yep. Well, at least you picked the best part. Uh, Matt, you're
1: on Rana Fez.
7: Hey, Ronnie, what about Jim Carroll and Basketball Diaries? Shooting in the
3: Leo? Fuck.
1: Jim Carroll... Well, Basketball Diaries, when I read it when I was a kid, I loved it so much. But Jim Carroll was a guy that I always wanted to do the show. And Earl actually booked him. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm gonna do the fucking show with the great Jim Carroll. And then he canceled. Oh, I can't do it now, but I'd like to come and do it soon. We're like, whatever you need to do. Because we know he lives in New York. And then he passed away. Oh. And that, I've never gotten over that. It's fucking tough. I just think about him all the time. Anyway. He's
3: yeah. fucking man. You I ever listen
1: to l- a lot of his punk stuff? With the Catholic Boy, that album. Yeah. That was the
2: shit.
1: Well, look who's over here. Let me grab the hit. My name is Fred. I love just the hit.
8: What? This is a great song.
1: Yeah.
2: So they died of hepatitis in upper Manhattan. Flying Vietnam, bullet in the head by
6: the old D. on the night that he was wet, they were two more friends of mine,
3: two more friends of
6: From a hotel room Bobby hung himself From a cell in the tunes Judy jumped in front Of a subway train
2: Eddie got split In the jugular vein And Eddie I miss you more Than all the others And I salute you Earl
1: Uh, playing the hits, own Fred. It's the
6: Hitman, UCB Fred. Fred the Hitman, heart.
1: Here's the single coming at you. Now we love this song, Fred. We're busting your balls.
0: All right, and see, see that's just what
1: I thought. Uh, so I did get a text from Fez. He said they freaked him out by saying he had to go in right away, but. They still haven't let him go in. So here's the other problem that you
3: have with Fez. What
1: he hears and what they say are always two different yeah, things.
3: Yeah, reality is skewed inside his head. So they
1: probably said, Hey, we should you know start the test right now And that's all he hears the and then what Fez hears is you're dying <laughs> and you're never gonna see anyone you love again. Oh
3: God. It's horrible. <laughs> Unless you get these tests which might save you, but who knows. But they need to happen now
1: i go now i'm gonna text back to him davy jones yesterday breitbart last night these things normally happen in threes who's next oh god it was very weird with the davy jones thing how everybody on tv wanted to point out that that band was put together as a tv show and everyone knew it you've known it your whole life yeah. Why do they need just to say obvious things over and over?
3: Because they don't. I don't think they really cared about the monkeys. They just wanted. To...
1: Well, this was one of my favorite things. And I'm watching one of the fucking live at fives or whatever you call these shitty shows, right? So they go. They had such great hits as, and like they're just going through, you know, <laughs> daydream believer. I don't want to be your stepping stone. Help, and I'm like, oh. oh no. They fucking did help, did they?
3: Sergeant Pepper's was another great <laughs> hit. You might remember them from Revolver, <laughs> the White Album by the Monkees. <laughs> and then finally, every song ever written. Ziggy Stardust said the fucking. <laughs> oh how i sighed
8: <laughs> do you think in the future though like when, like a couple hundred years in the future when people are looking back at this time period things will just all start to mesh together and they will think that the monkeys did first of all of
1: why would they be interested in this fucking time period anyway it's very fascinating do you sit around and think about the m- music of the 1840s
8: yeah what were they listening to because they you know i guess they were listening to live music but
1: it is a little fascinating Yes, they were listening to live music. They didn't have anything else. Didn't you ever see those people like that lived up in the hills, or the ones that have been handed down songs for all those years, and they would send those guys up there to record them, like oh, back yeah. in the twenties? There, because none of that stuff had ever been recorded.
3: These are the only fucking guys you know, crazy fucking hermits.
1: <laughs> and like hillbilly music, really kind of sounds like Scots stuff because they're like Scots that moved over there started fucking inbreeding up in the hills. Oh. And they're just fucking up there and they're just drinking m- moonshine out of a fucking mason jar and getting blown by their knees. And they're like, can we have country music? Just fucking, just crazy shit. <laughs>
3: the whole family's playing different Hell instruments. Yeah. Fucking washboards Ooh. and shit. Yeah.
1: And for some reason, in the middle of all this sh- fucking dirt wood, f- just fucking dirt floor and and... Shitty and fucking holes in a roof and still feeling superior to black people? Like, (laughs) why? Why wouldn't you say we're exactly in the same boat here? Nothing's fucking working out for anybody. Uh, Dan, you're on of Fez.
7: Hey, Ron. Hey, could you possibly extend an olive leaf to uh, Jay Morse to get him back on the show while Fez is gone?
1: Absolutely not. That would kill Fez.
7: Oh, but he's really good on the show,
1: though. Jay Moore is fantastic. I think he's one of the most talented people in the world. Um, I think just the world of him. But really, was there enough there to have his feelings hurt by? Why did people? Why are you just putting up 150 pictures of Jay? God, what are you doing? Him? Well, you're just making me miss him more. What's your problem? He doesn't want to be friends. See, though. Oh. I think we better break here.
3: Break time. Zito's fucking... Just seriously. Just fucking Mark the Narc. Just Wait,
1: fucking wh- why? How now. is...
2: Oh.
1: Right back. Can't
3: do anything.
1: Oh, Exactly. Dang. Perfect. There <laughs> you so go. I've been trying to fucking say to you. It's finally fucking sinking in. Hey, where's my little, like, page of stuff that we have? There's so much shit that comes and goes like a fucking karma chameleon. Uh, we're going to come back. All right, Hicks, with the girl that you like... Explaining Leap Year.
3: Oh, this girl's fucking awesome.
1: So we'll break and we'll come back with it. She's pissed off about Leap Year. Mm -hmm. And what I despise about her, because she's got the worst personality on the internet, but I can't get beyond that whole kind of pixie look. And that always gets over with me. It's nice. Yeah, it's terrible.
3: There's nothing wrong with
1: that. Yeah, but they're all fucking, like, (laughs) bloodsuckers. So we'll get back with... Uh, Hicks, what he hopes to be his girlfriend one day, oh, no. explaining Leap Year. It's up on the iBang. It's the run face show.
14: Okay, so tomorrow's Leap Year, and I don't get what Leap Year is because I remember I used to go up to some girl and like, um, in my school, and I was like, oh, she's like, oh, my birthday's on Leap Year. I'm like, oh, how old are you turning? And she's like, five. I'm like, bitch, like, why the fuck are you in high school then if you're five? Like, I don't get it. Like, what freaking scientist came up With the freaking days of the month and was like, oh, let's add an extra day of the month. Like, why can we add an extra day of the month in April and freaking give me two birthdays? Like, I don't understand why February has 28 days, too. Like, why does February even have 28 days? Like, did the fucking guy that made the month, was he fucking on drugs and was like, oh, I forgot to add 30 and 31? Like, I don't... What the fuck? This is what society's come to, okay? We have every single month that's 30, 31, 30, 31, and then the 28. And then this year it has to be 29. So you know what? There's gonna be this is how April's gonna go. April 21st, April 23 second, April 23rd, April 24th, April 25th, April 25th, two days in a row, bitches, so I can have my birthday twice if you bitches can have an extra day in February. Thank you, thank you. Now goodbye.
3: Ugh. Making yeah. good points, I guess. You know, she wants she wants hers. Why, Why does the it have this despise her so many days? That scientist, Pope
8: Gregory the Thirteenth.
3: Nice, Fred. Good. Make a response Ooh. video to her. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right, Liz said fire. Who still is the number one commentator? Uh, does this mean that Davy Jones' one death anniversary will be four years from now? Oh. that's kind of true. Then Elector Dave writes, damn Anthony, I thought your girlfriend was smarter than this. Young j has one hell of a pot- pot- potty mouth. This is why other countries hate us. I'm starting to turn the corner and agree with them now. Oh, that's know. from Maddero. Mike just says she needs to die.
3: Well, that's Listen, she just wants two birthdays.
1: Here's one that says, you're so right, Josie Sure, you're so right. <laughs> I wonder if we could make a constellation out of the moles on her face. That's just mean. Why attack her? She just has she's just posing, you know, questions. Uh, holy shit! Is this Pepper Hicks's daughter? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Shouldn't say Jesus Christ.
1: Enough. Why doesn't she ask Leap Day, William? She said it best. But this is what society has come to.
3: Valid points. Mm.
1: Cletus says she's destined for the poll. This doesn't seem fair. She can have two birthdays. Why can't I? Your birthmark looks like shit.
3: Mean. Hmm. Hairs be hatin' is what I say.
1: This also says, see what happens when you don't make fun of people. They maintain confidence. Good point. Is she wearing a hospital bracelet? That explains a lot. All right, Donnie Dickshot Dick just writes the same thing every time. You took four minutes out of my life, and I want them back. Here's what it bothers me about that. That isn't even yours. I've seen that in threads and all through uh, the yeah, history yeah. of the fucking Internet. Yeah, it's... Somebody write LOL to it once, so you've got to fucking take it here. Hey, no, it's good. I saw it in another post.
6: Also, the video's a minute and 18 seconds. Get your times right.
1: Because he's a fucking cut and paster, and it's not even him. Worst what? type of cutter. I mean, what the fuck is going on? This is what society's come to. I mean, what the fuck? Why can't I have two birthdays? You
6: know, this is gonna go. I'm gonna comment. I'm gonna paste my comment once, twice, and as many times as I want. Uh,
1: very last chance to get in on the Fran Drescher unmasked. Uh, go over to the Interrang. That's next Tuesday.
3: Next Tuesday,
1: four p.m. Take the day out of work. We're not gonna bring it up again because she's. This is a big star. She's huge. And everybody wants to go to this. And everyone in the building is buzzing
3: about it. Very excited.
1: And next, I want you to book the uh, hula hoopers that are like strippers. Because that's gigantic, by the way,
3: on the iBank. let see if I can get in touch with their management.
1: And you got to think, why aren't more peelers doing that? It's a very fucking sexy
3: move. Maybe when we go to the script club, we can just throw fucking hula hoops up at the fucking. You just call it a script the script like club. Like you're sitting like there do you eating read scripts, scripts <laughs> or do you
6: do you write in cursive? Like what happens with that a script tell you what don't you want?
1: Scripts is fucking pills. I I don't think in drugs. Prescription. I get that. Scripts. I get that. Well, We're not, not fucking walking around fucking Hollywood. Not everybody's Don Cheadle. I know, that's what I thought. Prescript. They still haven't done anything to Fez yet. He's just fucking laying there in the halls. Aww. But he's attached to a machine, which I have to tell you, this is where he's happiest. All right, I'm going to bring this up. I said at the beginning of the show today. I get up around 8.30 in a start. I guess I must have known that something was wrong with Breitbart. So I sign online, and I see a thing that comes in from 5 o'clock. And it's Fez. Writes me an email that just says, Hey, buddy, are you awake? Oh, boy. Now, I know that's never good news. It's either he's having a, you know, his nervous time of panic. what is reality, you know. Like awake? Huh? Like awake? No, he just gets sometimes in the middle of the night, he gets the, he doesn't know what's real or not, and I have to fucking tell him how to get talk back to down. reality. Yeah, just talk a fucker down. I have to treat a regular person like they're tripping. I do all the same stri- tripping thing Like, hey... Clench your toes together. And let them go. There we go. You see See, that? See. Now you're picking up a sense of control. You were able to do that, and you did it. And you did it. Because (laughs) you're controlling your fucking ride, okay? (laughs) You're the direct. Look, man, you're not just the director of this movie. You're the editor. Remember what you want to read. Go back and cut out the other stuff. It's your film, dude. You're producing this fucker and starring in it. So when I see that, it's never a good sign. So I call him up. And he's like, uh, I've been having pains in my chest. And I go, dude, why are you... Just... A, call me. Well, I didn't want to wake you up. I know you got a lot of uh, interviews. And I go, why aren't you at the hospital now? Well, I know you got a lot of interviews. And I wanted to.
3: Who cares about a lot of interviews? Your fucking chest might be exploding.
1: You've had heart attacks before. You have a chest pain, just go to the hospital. You have insurance, go to the hospital. I can't it's do simple it. simple
10: enough.
1: Me. But, you know, he's been so fucking happy lately. And I'm going to tell you something else. All the people that did write nice things to him, where they emailed him or put it on the thread, and Hillary and stuff, this has made him feel so happy
3: and so accepted. It's like a different person.
1: There. And you, I've been literally telling him for fucking years, whoever doesn't accept you, who gives a shit about it? Fuck them. And B, not everybody, you know, the Catholic Church... Has no fucking stroke anymore. You're allowed to fucking be gay. No one gives a shit.
3: No, it's accepted totally.
1: It's accepted and not even thought of. So, then he's like... And then, for some reason, I don't know how he gets like this... But I'm like saying, take a cab to the hospital... Oh, okay. Like, you're giving him an idea that he's never thought of before. He
3: should just... He should know. Like, I, I'm in pain. I... I
1: There's something I've got... He's been through it before. I don't know when, how he gets like that. So then he texts that this is an emergency thing happened right away. But then the last thing is that he's literally been sitting in the hall for three hours. So they can't be that concerned about him.
3: No, they put him on ice, pretty much. Like, well, that's...
1: I guess you're right. I guess he's... He's basically, I guess is what it feels like when you're in the bullpen, you know you're going to be called out, but hey, the pitcher's doing a lot better than we thought.
3: Shit. Yeah, this is a seven. But he loves to be hooked up to a machine. Well, the machine will, you know, tell you if something really is wrong. Machines know best, sadly.
1: I the picture, too, by the way, of Fran Drescher. I don't know why he drives me nuts. It's the red dress, and then a red fucking couch, and then a red room. It's too much red for me. I can't find where her body is. Oh, there it is. It's right there with the breast star. Oh. She does have great breasts. Um, yesterday you brought us some radio head to the show. Today you're bringing us gorillas.
3: Yeah, His gorillas video is awesome.
1: I got news for you. I don't know if I like it. And I don't mean it in a bad way, I mean it takes great skills to do that, but it kind of weirds me out too much.
3: It's super creepy. I mean, those, the gorilla, the characters that they created when they made this band just look like fucking freak shows. And this also has like Andre 3000 and James Murphy in it too. What's Andre doing? Is he real or is he. Now, what is. That was a real hand, but the fucking body isn't real, right? Yeah, the whole the whole body is just the, the animation of that. The, they showed this animation showed up in other videos before, but now this is just like pretty much full like 3D animation.
1: But that's totally animated. Yeah. Because at one point I thought I saw a real hand. The body
3: grosses me out. His oh, legs like, shouldn't be longer than his torso. I mean,
1: I know that's probably part of the problem. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Their animation has also always been really good. Like they're always
1: sort of on the cutting edge. Everything about them is cutting edge.
8: Yeah like that first video they put out was just like phenomenal for the time it was like amazing people
3: were loving it
1: and then them doing live concerts where really the animation is there
3: yeah, they bust out like a fucking basically holograms at some of these shows but then their last tour they basically they just broke out and just damon Albarn just came out and started singing which is kind of cool if it's on youtube the um when they did that show in harlem at the apollo and like Dennis Hopper showed up. That's the best thing I've ever seen. It's fucking amazing. Can you imagine you're at a fucking show, and here comes Dennis
9: Hopper? What? The Apollo?
1: Crazy.
3: That's beyond crazy. This whole thing's whacked out. There's no people there, but you kind of look like people. You have to like fucking squint your eyes. And there's Andre, 2,000. And there's like g- actual cartoon.
2: Nice if we just no
3: and Conference, like commissioned this video. Oh, just, just show their shoes. Mm, that's fucking smart.
1: That's a lot better than running a fucking ad, you know? Because this thing's gonna blow the
3: fuck up. Fuck yeah! It's so. No matter f- where, no
1: matter what the music was, you're gonna fucking just get off on the whole thing, the visual aspect. Um, Mike in Michigan, you're in front Fez.
5: Hey, Ron. I was just wondering since we got the new Fez, if you noticed um, any of his other phobias dropping off, like lapping the building, you know, the elevator deal. The I any am... of that has lightened up.
1: Now, I mean, look, we're less than a week since he came out. he came out last Friday. Um,. Uh, But everything for him and the way he handles himself has changed. And I make sure, like, I don't even take it too easy on him. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll fucking fuck with him a little bit here and there to see whether, if you noticed this week, he defended a couple fucking points. He certainly
3: did. Yeah.
1: But I wonder if he, like, got too upset about that gay stuff, the gay marriage stuff yesterday. Who was making him so mad? It was like one of those 1 million moms or one of those fucking people
3: uh, Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A is Oh, yeah, what, he hates uh, the Chick-fil-A. Off.
1: But
6: I noticed even when he came into the office, uh, I think it was yesterday, he he was like, "Oh, the trains were terrible." And he was like a regular person. And normally that would be like a like a panic attack. Right. And it was kind of just like he was like, "Oh, the train sucked." And it got brushed off. And then we just went on with everything like it was, uh, "Yeah, that sucks,
1: Fez." Yeah, it was weird. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like normal. Well let's face it, you don't have the kind of job that you're gonna be in trouble for being late here. No. They just no one's gonna say. Rob's gonna like, oh, okay. Like Rob is not gonna be
3: like, What the fuck are you doing, dude? I don't wanna hear about the trains. I want your ass here. You gotta be in that fucking studio at fucking eleven AM You better your ass
1: You better start going down there telling funny fucking jokes. That's right, motherfucker. I'll be sitting here if I'm not laughing. What the fuck happened on this show today? <laughs> Where the
3: fuck was Watley?
1: Easy, Rob. Easy, buddy. Let me explain. He's getting docked today. I don't
3: need to hear fucking explanations. I am docking him a day.
1: What are you and Don Cheeto talking about Miles Davis? This isn't a jazz format. <laughs> He's here to push out some fucking lies. I want... <laughs> I want to hear you talk about New Wave or nothing. (laughs) 1970s New Wave, too. Not that 80s bullshit, which was really just nothing but pop music with suits on. You weren't saying the time and weather enough. Well, it's a national show. Well, there's different times and different weather. That Minnesota kid fucking knows the weather.
3: And that's another thing. Why is that kid on again today? <laughs> Love that
1: fucking boy. The meters told us that played great. Yesterday. God fucking damn it. You know what? I'll do the show tomorrow. You fucking stay at home. That's all you're good at.
3: Keep your ass out of this fucking building.
1: See this fucking time car and it ain't getting stamped. I just drew a picture of a dick. Now lick it. Lick this fucking quick put together picture here's our buddy tom in madison
5: hey how you doing buddies all the best wishes to faz um yeah ronnie i I gotta agree with you you could you could tell in the little in the little jabs that faz was throwing i think it was maybe tuesday or whatever but we're really hoping that he goes the direction that you were kind of pushing on him yesterday about of bringing some of the stuff to the show because i think
7: it's going to make for great radio and you can some of us that listen to the show a lot, we were kind of wondering if
5: that guy was still in there. And you know what? He, we, we know now he is. We know he is, and we're starting to get it back. And I think it's going to make for great radio with, you know, you know the trials and tribulations of a modern gay man. You know, it's going to be well, kind of cool.
1: You know, that's what I was telling him yesterday. I go like, don't go shopping without telling us first. Let us go shopping with you through this show. Oh, Let you. us make every fucking change with you.
3: And he's like, ah, oh, hm, mm, okay. You going to bloomies, Let us know. I guess that's a place, right? I don't know what... Fuck him. Don't don't act like you don't know. You know it is. Do you
1: honestly think that he shops? Could you look at him and say he shops? If you go over the past couple days, he's thrown out names
3: of designers. Because of rap music.
1: Why? What are you saying? Are you saying he's living a double life? Because he's not wearing these designer clothes. This is what... By the way, House of Lies... You should fucking Don Cheadle could have should have walked in here and go, oh, I'm looking into a fucking mirror, a House of Lies mirror. That's right. Hmm. What makes you think he knows about f- fucking? Dis- what makes you think he goes anywhere?
3: For clothes? I'm wearing old navy right now, Ron.
1: <laughs> Literally from an old navy. <laughs> <laughs> The only fucking places he gets clothes is the same where homeless people, where you're digging just through big boxes. Uh,
3: I like to fucking go through those bins in the fucking suburbs, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking clothes drop-offs. <laughs> you try to get there before? Hey, shit, I'm going to fucking camp out here for a little while. Oh, you, you ever run- see
1: those guys come out and they'll start yelling at the homeless people for getting into the free clothes? Yeah, I'm like, they're fucking, trying, you want... It's for them. <laughs>
3: Not yet. Just cutting out the middleman here. God damn it. Get <laughs> these fucking homeless people out of this fucking box. Because it may save for the homeless, but you know what? It isn't. Not until I say so.
1: I, I thought I saw you going to a house yesterday, fucker. Look at me. I. You've brushed your teeth.
3: Your fucking name is homeless. <laughs> Not home owner. Not home more. Homeless He ain't got shit
1: Pierce Morgan's set Is the most ridiculous fucking thing ever He, he should have
3: go-go dancers It's so fucking obnoxious just Pastel fucking
1: Oh look, he's gonna do a big Breitbart fucking thing
3: Is, is he attacking him? Well,
6: Breitbart oh, no. was just on two days ago
1: Oh god Oh, Bright. Oh, Bright Bart. You probably didn't know that when you handed that over, it was going to p- pass in front of a Pal Talk camera. You
3: didn't know. You There was no, no way idea. to know that. You were just coming into a radio studio. What did. What, <laughs> you wanted to hang with Vincent D'Onofrio. You
1: see, this is another thing. Like, I know that he liked politics. But at the end of the day, what the fuck are we all arguing about? Where they can just turn it off on you like that. You'll just be gone. That's fucked up. What I'll just say is something like, I guess God just wanted somebody to try to bring more
3: conservative feelings into heaven. God needed a blogger. <laughs> I hate when anyone says God needed something. Hope God has some fucking server space up there.
8: Well, there's probably not a lot of bloggers dead now, so he definitely would need a blogger.
1: You know what I miss about Fez too is I don't have any Deadman certs here today. And he always gives me like a late in the show st- certs, makes everything like great.
6: I keep forgetting that they're not actually called dead Deadman certs. DMCs. Fine. They're fucking DMCs.
3: DMCs.
6: What?
1: Can I get a pack of Deadman certs, please?
6: <laughs> we, we only have
3: wintergreen certs. You don't, You don't fucking have DMCs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm fucking... I'm going to Dwayne Reed.
1: Fuck this I'm going to be back here later and burn this fucking shit all down.
6: (laughs) Can you check the back? Are you sure?
1: What do you got, Altoids?
6: I can find you some mints, but they won't be DMCs.
1: What kind of mints? Uh, Yeah. See, here's the thing. This Altoid is like a full kick where I just treat a DMC like a little fucking snack.
3: Altoids are curiously strong you want one? Sure.
1: How many do you think you put in your mouth at the same time? Because oh, oh, wow. you put 60.
6: Also, I, e- I, E-Rock oh. is here with Lifesavers. <laughs> He's going to for you. Oh, that's really like...
1: nice. <laughs> I'm take two. Thank
3: you. You
1: know, can I tell you something? e is the only person who came in here and congratulated Fez for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Look at this.
9: Whoa!
1: DMLs.
9: Well those these would be to your liking. Oh well,
1: they are already. How come you got such huge packs of them?
9: I buy in bulk.
1: How are you doing with
7: the bright
9: news? Uh, it's disturbing. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And at the time that we were talking about it on the air, he had twittered only, I think, like six or seven hours right before that. What was his last tweet? Um, I'm not sure. You you can pull it up. But obviously, you know, he was out partying or something. Went to bed late. And then next thing you know, gone.
1: Are you starting to feel like the jinx show, the O&A show? I mean, the amount of death that's hanging around that show.
9: I know.
6: His last tweet was uh, in response to Lamar White Jr. It said, I called you a putz because I thought you were... I thought you were being intentionally disingenuous. If not, I apologize.
9: Um, that's his last words. I apologize. I've been uh, doing the reverse search on him. You've got to see the amount of people just slinging some hate on Twitter there Shitting to his me. account, even though I he's hate, not going to read it. But I
1: hate human beings.
9: It's been nonstop since about 930 this morning. Just all these people burning hell. Glad you're dead. I'm surprised fuck? it didn't happen sooner. Couldn't have happened to a better person. Mitt Romney said he's deeply saddened. I don't think Andrew had any dirt on Mitt Romney. No, he's on his side. Yeah. But yeah, it's just horrible. I mean, say what you will about the guy, but the second he died, I mean, just yesterday, it was just full of uh, love and praise for Davy Jones, right. and then quickly got pushed out on the uh, trending topics and everything of, you know, fuck Andrew Breitbart, or however you say his name. I don't.
1: Alright, are you guys going to finally tell the real story of what really happened?
9: you know that, not covering from anymore? Uh, that's up to Anthony, you know, he's, uh, he's hosting everything tomorrow. Jimmy and Ope are out, so we'll see if Ant does a...
1: Where's Ope going?
9: Ope's uh, on his way to Rochester.
3: It's I the know. Rock, baby.
9: Norton's doing some shows out there, so the, they'll be on Weezer's show tomorrow, and then we'll ISDN again, having him on. But uh, it's up to Ant if he wants to do the big reveal.
1: I think I should reveal.
9: Say it. Totally. Just say it. Make an announcement. I'm gonna send a tweet
1: to Breitbart's account though. <laughs> Don't compare to me to these other people.
9: And they all try to have witty hashtags. Everyone's terrible. Everyone in the country is terrible
3: now.
6: And then Donald Trump tweeted that he'll be missed, and now people are tweeting at both Breitbart and Donald Trump, saying mean things about both. Of them. Hopefully, you'll get. <laughs> yeah.
9: Anyone. Uh, that's another thing too. Anyone who said something nice about him are automatically getting attacked. Just wow. like if you said something Jesus. bad about Chris Brown after the Grammys, Whitney Houston dying, they jumped all over you. Now if you praise Andrew, they're just shitting all over your Twitter account.
1: I'm never going to get a Twitter account.
9: Good. Okay. Don't get a Facebook either. What is that? Facebook's
3: like, you know, it's like Twitter, but... Do you know, put right your face stuff. in a book for that? No. It's on the internet. But You're if he doesn't you
6: have one, how will I try and next to him on our cross-country flights?
9: It's a fucking crapshoot. No. <sighs> Well, if you want to practice shitting on a Twitter account, I think Zito's got one. Okay. You can start there. Okay. Don't mark Zito on Twitter.
1: Okay. You should just do a thing called "My Name Is Zito and I Touch Kids" and yeah. see how see if it doesn't blow up.
6: I don't. I don't even want to tweet that. I feel like it could be better. But what
1: if we just change your thing to that just to say just as an experiment? See how many people get ma- m- uh, mad at you.
9: I like to touch kids. Do it as a hashtag so we can follow it easier.
1: And say that you take him out on a boat so far that no one can arrest you. Like you take them 27 miles
9: off and then touch them. Yeah, you call and yourself bring them
3: back. Mr. International Waters, you know. <laughs> I can get away with anything I want here.
9: It leaves like a booze cruise. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah.
3: Thank you for this, by the way.
9: You're very welcome.
1: I'm going nice. to start fucking hanging around with you more. Is that one cherry over there?
9: That's a uh, wild cherry. From well, oh, value.
3: shit. <laughs> You want in on this Oh, guy? hell yeah.
9: Help yourself.
3: Whenever I'm fucking eating a bunch of acid, I have to have a giant bag of fucking wild cherry lifesavers.
9: Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, no shit.
3: That and, uh, cherry fucking, um, giant ranchers and fruit punch. I, and I just go nuts. I just can't get enough of it.
1: I'm gonna fucking tell you this story. This, this, this is a swear to God, completely true story. By Iraq. Iraq Radio.
3: Iraq Radio. Iraq
1: Radio. I would check him out. He's on Sundays. Um. So this is a true fucking cherry uh, acid story. <laughs> so I'm a kid, and I'm fucking tripping balls on the fucking Wobble Boardwalk. Tripping balls on acid. So we stop. We get a, a water ice. I get cherry water ice. Hell I'm yeah. like, oh, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> so I take a big fucking bite and slurp off of it. And all of a sudden, this fucking cherry, just the flavor just explodes. Oh, yeah, Dude, it goes up into my head, and I feel it slowly going down my neck my shoulders to my hands, all the way down to my feet with this cherry rush where I'm tasting cherry in my kneecaps. Oh, my God. I can taste it in my calves. Oh, that sounds I can taste it in my feet. I'm like... I literally stop at the fucking boardwalk and I'm going through this sensation that's not that no other human being. Fucking euphoria. Immediately, I go like this and I pull the fucking water ice down to fucking make sure... <laughs> No one's going to take this away from me. Because this is now going to be my life.
3: Going through this cherry sensation. Just need more cherry. I've
1: never heard another human being bring that up.
3: I would, you know, fucking take a bunch of hits of acid and just go nuts. Like, go to the fucking store. Not make any sense, but I'm just grabbing everything cherry. I just need this fucking flavor. In
1: I've me. never heard anyone sell It's, it's the, the best fucking thing brilliant. in the
3: world. Now I want a trip. We're talking Cherry
1: Acid Talk, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What you're tripping, what flavors do you like? We like cherry. <laughs> Get off that
3: goddamn acid
1: talk. You know, I like lemon.
3: <laughs> you fucking douchebag!
1: <laughs> well, it's a flavor, and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm giving my opinion.
6: What is all this Cherry Acid Talk on the air today?
1: He just did that, see? He plays the fucking part of Rob Cross.
3: God damn it!
1: He's Rob Cross. <sighs> Why the hell you land that Gino kid on the air? <laughs> he doesn't do the impressions of me.
6: You do. That just sounds like you're playing the part of Twitter right now.
1: <laughs> yes, that's how we do all of our impressions. All right, right now, here's my Frank Sinatra. My way, God damn it. Not your way. New York, New fucking York. <laughs> Has anybody seen Sammy Davis around here? When he fucking gets you, I'm gonna kick his ass. Good impressions. <laughs> People are feeling so bad about. You know, when I see what's going on like with this Breitbart thing, right? I really do have it in my mouth. Why do you spend all your time fucking fighting and giving a shit? We should be living like fucking Tahitians. We should be waking up late. Fucking, there's like drumming and chicks are fucking dancing around to it. Then we catch some fish. Oh, God. Everybody should just be fucking enjoying life. It's over so fast. I don't want to fucking spend all my time fucking breaking new bands like Rob Cross. I want to get out there and enjoy life a little bit.
3: That's all he's ever doing, just playing the fucking rock. Bet you guys haven't heard of this fucking band, right? Well, you know what? Because I fucking broke them. (laughs) Because you're going to be hearing them fucking everywhere.
1: He told me the best band ever and these guys haven't even met each other yet. He's just fucking putting it together in his head. That's how early he's into stuff. Wow. That's the shit that he's fucking bringing down
3: right now. He's like a fucking time music cop. Just knows what's going to happen at all times.
1: But really, if you really think about it, if you find out, you were dying right now, right?
3: Yeah. That would
1: blow. Did, you, did you live the life that you wanted to live up to this point? Are you happy with the way you lived your life?
3: Well, I could have done plenty more.
1: Actually, yes. That's yeah. the saddest thing. I, I think you're right. I don't think that you could have achieved anymore. The stuff that you've done is so superficial and fucking just air wrapped in
3: bullshit. Oh, come on, I mean, now no, everything, though. Zito could have no, knocked some more people out or gone to some more John Mayer shows.
6: I'm very happy with everything I've done. I feel like I, to this point in my life, I mean, like, probably the only thing, like, sure, I'm assuming at one point I wanted a family or something like that, but other than that, I don't know what, what I would have done extra in the 24 years I've lived thus far. I guess You'd
1: gone more places? Probably talk less. Yeah. Probably would have been the best thing for you. <laughs> um... Hold on. Andrew's got a little spy report for us. Uh, Andrew, go ahead.
5: Yeah, a little spy report. Um, Spy report. Spy report. Dane Cook Spy report. Spy report. In a pilot about... Spy report. uh, (laughs) He plays a, a, a satellite radio host, and he's got... Two hot girls on the show with him, Like, one's his producer, one's his co-host. When did you ever see three hot people in the studio together?
1: Uh, the ONA show.
5: Oh, yeah, they're real hot.
1: Um, this is the second pilot about a satellite radio host. Who's the other one doing it? Lance Bass, right? Yeah, Lance Bass. Jesus. So Why rich. is it always satellite, guys? Like, we're living the life, like a fantasy life of the fucking the TV star acts like
3: he has. Yeah. That's nice. That feels good actually. We're look at, fantasies. Look,
6: look at us. Maybe that's like the new television producer go to job
3: on T V and movies. But there's multiple T V channels. There's only one satellite radio provider. Mm-hmm. That's weird.
1: <laughs> there used to be two.
3: I throw up the X every day walking in here. I know you do. I know.
1: We should all get fucking X's right now
3: in our necks. Alright. I don't know, we can use some sort of metal to carve it in
1: who's doing the show with Antomar not sure I'm very curious I guess he was going to bring in Breitbart
9: oh
3: that's really sad now life is so fucked up Breitbart gone forever website's still going strong
1: what are they saying, like, nice stuff about him?
3: Fox News remembers Breitbart. Rick Santorum reacts to Andrew's death. Rush remembers Breitbart. Black Madam arrested in bed, buttocks injections. That's weird. I can't of One of those
6: things is not like the other.
3: Hmm. Oh, Disney defends Iger role and pay. Do we need a break or take it to the limit? Limit time. Limit, baby.
1: But he did say something right. Like, everybody was all feeling bad about Davy Jones yesterday. And then today, they're like, fuck Breitbart.
3: They'd rather um, attack someone than remember someone fondly, I think. It's not even that. It's not even remembering
6: them fondly. They'd rather attack somebody than say nothing.
1: It's like you. you yeah, that's have... a good point. You could just say nothing, <laughs> or you could just say, hey, even though i disagreed with the guy politically so sad i know that he's a man he had a family he had friends he had people who cared about him sorry this happened that's all you have to do you don't have to do the oh guy was a fucking dick
3: and everybody who liked him was a dick they prefer to say like a rotten piss or something that's terrible to say that yeah should be rest in peace
1: fred how's your knee doing
8: it's still a little stingy. Oh, Jesus. But did, it's doing good.
1: Did you just skin it? Is that the problem? Yeah, it just got skinned a little bit. Oh, my God. Pull up, <laughs> you pull up your NFL pants so and let's take a me? look. Show it off. He's got no muscle under there. He's like skin and bone. <laughs> There's nothing to protect him.
6: Oh, he's got a Band-Aid on it. <laughs>
1: That's like the... Him skin in his knee is the same level of pain as if Chris Stanley got shot. Oh my God! What? It's, it's nothing.
6: He fuck. It's like a kid's get, like a like a boo boo. Like a, yes, like, I had a boo boo. <laughs> like that's what. He didn't hurt himself. He like got rug burn. That's what happened.
8: Oh, Fred. I'm very thin skinned. It it hurts a lot more than it would on on a normal person.
1: We don't try that. Oh. I'd just get some fucking clamps and put it on it and see how, when he starts to break.
8: Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw the clamps, I would.
1: <laughs> see, this is why I'm worried about the Nazis <laughs> getting you. You'll give up anything.
8: Yeah, he's going to talk. Hey, whatever they need. No. Well, they're going to hurt me. So, what else?
1: Dustin, you're on a Fez.
5: Hey, uh. On the whole Breitbart thing, or attacking people on the internet, I think a lot of people don't see people as real people anymore. It's almost like they view them as characters or something.
1: There might be some truth to that. It's like, it's all become so impersonal. But, you know, we spend so much time saying, I'm on the left, or I'm on the right, I'm this, I'm that, that you forget. Essentially, we're all human beings.
8: I mean, that's why I hate when my friends, like, who are more liberal, they'll be like, oh, all conservatives are stupid. I'm like, they're still people. Like, they still have feelings. Are you a conservative? No.
1: Well, you just yell out, I'm conservative. Because I'm not. I'm
8: stupid. But I understand that they're, you know, they have their own way of thinking, I guess.
1: Why don't you you do this? Because I have a friend on my um, street. He was fucking he's walking down our block, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And somebody had they were doing some uh work up high and uh brick laying up there. And a brick came down and smashed into his fucking head. This is just three days ago. Smashed into his head. And he came to and they were talking to him, and like his head is out to hear me It's just all swelled up. And he starts going, I'm voting for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is my and that quick, and I'm like, so that's how it happens. Head wounds. Wow,
3: We've, seriously, he's
1: he's a good man. Look what he did in Massachusetts. The
3: first thing he said.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's where he's getting a lot of his votes.
3: So do we think it was
6: the Romney campaign that dropped the bricks too,
1: or that just... would be smart of them. They should fucking fly over with a uh, just dropping an anvils in planes. They got the money. They got the anvils, obviously. You're not using them for anything else. Do we have pictures of this guy on that uh, stomach
8: post? <laughs> you, you not for weak stomachs. <laughs> not for weak stomachs?
1: <laughs> Please don't anyone go and look at that on the bank. You Nobody. start
3: vomiting and crying.
1: That's what we did. We all vomited and cried. And, like, cry- started crying vomit. wow. I guess it's also, you know, it's all attached inside.
6: It goes through, yeah. I
1: can't even stand to think.
6: I gotta run it. some water through my eyes. Gonna get the acidity.
8: That would burn so much if vomit came out of your eyes. Be like skinning your knee.
1: Even like if a doctor starts to say we looked at the reports, I'm like, keep it to yourself. If you have pills to hand me, do it. If you have operations, to do. I don't want any fucking details. It's all too filthy and awful, and human. Human body's just a
3: disgusting bag of meat. Oh, God! Even just it's a meat bag. rotting meat. We're rotting it's
1: meat bags, dude. That was, could be the name of our fucking band. We open up with a cover of "People Who Died" with fucking Fred singing lead. Let his us go rotting up a Manhattan. We got anything to plug before we get out of here today, or do you got six more guests ready to come in?
3: No, we have no more guests for today. I never know with you. I have to bring them in, though. Are you enjoying
1: yeah. your cherry lifesavers?
3: Yeah, I really... got to go buy a bag of cherry lifesavers now.
1: Just wait till fucking e leaves and grab some of his giant bags. You just steal them. I know where he keeps them. He had a 50-pound
3: bag of them. Oh, I want a 50-pound bag. We do want... have a lot of candy in our office, though. From the candy man. Yeah, but we don't have fucking cherry lifesavers.
1: They don't run any kind of lifesaver over there at Hershey?
6: I don't know.
3: We have a lot of Jolly Rancher stuff that's very good. Uh, we, I think, went through most of the Jolly Ranchers, or at least I did. Yeah. What was your
1: main go-to thing in that giant
3: bag of candy? The Jolly Ranchers, and they're almost all gone.
1: Yeah, but we also enjoy the, the Reese's
6: Cups a lot, and there were some Reese's Pieces in some of them that were also good. And they have
3: white chocolate Reese's,
6: too. That's not as good. I don't like white chocolate. still so eat them, though.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. You two you two, sound like my two youngest boys in the back seat.
3: <laughs> Let's rank the Reese's Cups. <laughs> to number one because White Sox will be last.
1: <laughs> Fred, you got anything you need to plug before we get out here? No, okay, you're filling in for fucking Fez now. What would Fez plug right now?
8: He would probably say, uh, make sure you get your uh entries in on the uh TV local TV commercial mm-hmm. contest, it has to be in. By eleven fifty nine tonight. And you don't leave them in the comments section. Email them to editor at the dot com. And they have to be real ads. Real local ads. Nothing national.
6: And Stephen Dorf and Mo Rock are up on in the Intero Go
1: check it out. Why are you fucking making fun of the gay <laughs> thing? That's fucking, a hate, oh, crime.
3: fucking <laughs> it's not a hate crime. You're gonna get fucking arrested. And you know what? I'm happy that's gonna fucking Good. happen. Why are you happy? And you're gonna do fucking hate crime time, not just fucking just fucking bashing fucking Time. There's different times. Yeah, yes, they get fuck longer fucking thing. It's hate crime. Fuck you up for a hate crime. And they'll fucking they throw don't. that shit around. They don't care.
1: But you know the guy's sick, and you're making. And he just came out last week, and you're doing a fucking stereotypical gay voice. That's, that's fucking believable, he man.
3: Sounds mean. Like does the reads?
1: No, he sounds like a fucking professional. Yeah. Slightly effeminate
3: professional. That's all. Hope you're fucking happy.
1: nothing to make him happy until you know what.
3: Yeah. Then he'll throw a fucking party. Fucker. Just a fucker. <laughs> so sad. A sick fuck.
1: <laughs> Thanks to Don Cheadle for stopping in here. Uh, Lip from Showtime. An Awake guy came in from Awake tonight. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Jason Isaacs. Unless you're in the Central's. And it's nice.
3: Then shit gets weird.
1: Yeah, and it gets nuts. Uh, if I lived like in the middle of the country, I'd be screaming, what time is it really? <laughs> not what time is it here? Where is it really? Where the people are?
3: We're not going to fucking tell you.
1: <laughs> Figure it out. Gone oh, I wanted to say something. Uh, that's the Ed uh, Dubai Show.
7: Donk.
3: Soon it'll be filled with park and cars.